0: what's up everybody welcome to the 29th draft of the untitled movie podcast i am matt rorbeck and i just ate a buttload of sushi very very quickly and i'm feeling here. it i am <laughs> uh, as we started i'm like oh god i ate that way too fast uh the voice on the other end there is my bfca buddy eric Marche.
1: hey hey What's up, buddy? Uh, not much. We're we're back. You also ate some sushi. I did, but not not the quality sushi. You that had you grocery had. store sushi. Right? I did. It was then, fine. It's, it's what sorry, Anthony Bourdain always calls utility sushi. Yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. I we uh, the Sobies near my old place had decent sushi. Yeah. has the Metro sushi here? It's fine. Yeah. I mean, fine it's better is...
1: than the the sushi at the. Uh, variety store that's da- oh my down God, yeah. next to your place but that convenience store is good but I wouldn't eat
0: sushi no. from there not even if he paid me 000, 000. Well, oh God, a million yeah, dollars well maybe yeah i inhaled so. a bunch of sushi so oh yeah you've got <laughs> the indigestion I, uh, and the burps apologize right guys um if uh, the beginning of this episode is going to be a little but was bit it good Matt? much it was, was it good. good for you it's pretty good i had a spicy salmon roll and a veggie dynamite roll.
1: Oh, you're cheating a little just, bit. I Look know. At you. Well, fish is like the one Fish thing isn't that, a real like, animal, right? Yeah, right?
0: <laughs> PETA, don't yell at us. Um, yeah, fish I'll have sometimes. And I've been cheating once in a while lately anyway from my vegetarian
1: diet. Like, it just. It's because the summer's um, coming up, right? Yeah. I summer's mean, meant for cheating. It's
0: when I'm either, like, drunk or, like, uh, or, just, or just want some. Chicken nuggets? McNuggets. McNuggets, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a night the other, I think, pretty late last week where Nevis and I were like, I, or, I, or probably just me, I'm like, I want a 10-piece nugget meal right now. And boy, did I crush some nuggets. So vegetarian except for nuggets. and Well, uh, we don't uh, even
1: know if the if what's in the nuggets are really
0: meat anyways. Or... No, right. Pescatarian. It's a Taco Bell. Pescatarian. I have Taco Bell now, but I do do the vegetarian version, which is basically the same. It's all mush. Right? Like Taco Bell, they, the joke's always that they have five ingredients and they make their entire menu out of <laughs> those five No, Now, things. what was your dipping sauce of choice for the nuggets? Um, Lately, I try the buffalo sauce because uh, you know me. I'm a spice king. You're a spicy um, boy. I am a spicy boy. Um, buffalo, but the buffalo sauce with the nugget, uh, the McDonald's nugget specifically, just doesn't, like, mesh well. You know the buffalo sauce I'm talking about? Like the wing sauce? Yeah. Uh, um. And it just doesn't really go well, so I like a hot mustard. Which, hot mustard's good? Which isn't really hot, but it tastes pretty fucking good at McDonald's. Um, I'm not really a sweet and sour or a barbecue man, which is the two classic ones. Uh, when I was a kid, I would just get the honey, the pure honey. The honey mustard? Um, not honey mustard. Just, just honey. fucking honey, man. You just put honey just on those dip nuts. it in honey. Yeah, dude. And then... Uh, I've kind of gotten away from that. The honey mustard is good, too. I think there's more sauces in the U.S. than they have here in Canada, which is a bummer. Didn't we split some nuggets on the bus trip to New York? We sure
1: did. At, like,
0: fucking four in the morning. I just something? remember that ride coming
1: back. And, and, I mean, obviously, you were really we were sick. and We Ill. were ex- And also, we were both exhausted. And it's like, we got to that point where I was drinking... Uh, uh, What's your grape soda? Grape soda. So, you know... I was, like, disgusted. That's I where
0: we've gone. Fun fact about me, uh, for our... Anyone listening, and I don't even know if you know this, but I hate, I'm like hard, I'm struggling to breathe after that sushi. Um, I told you, man, not I to hate, eat it that fast, eh, whatever. Um, I hate grape flavored things, like see, like I don't mind grape flavored stuff, but I don't like grapes. That's so interesting, and I'm the opposite where I, uh, I like grapes. Like, I mean, I, I don't eat much fruit just because I'm, garb- I'm a garbage person, and um. I just, apple. I like apples, but other than that, I just don't really, I don't like sweet stuff a lot
1: of the time, too. You don't drink orange juice? I mean, I know it's not
0: technically it's really It's a little bit. I, orange. I did, uh, yeah, orange, orange juice doesn't, poison. I don't fuck with orange juice that much. Like, I can have, like, a small glass. I like it. I just don't, I just don't, same with most fruits. Like, I don't mind them. I just don't go to them. I'm a savory boy, you know? <laughs> I like those fucking potato chips and, uh, and shit well, like that. Well, what about so. tomatoes? Uh, tomatoes i don't really fuck with other than like 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 pico de gallo or like in a taco or something like that like right. i don't like big slices of tomato i think that's disgusting um so do you make it up with the vegetables then yeah i'm yeah. a i am I like yeah i would say i like vegetables way more than fruit uh a good fucking broccoli or a cauliflower man let's go uh but yeah i just don't go like grapes i'll i'll eat but i just don't care but grape flavored shit like the purple grapes aren't even fucking purple they're red or green (laughs) and the fucking bright purple that they put on this shit and i just hate grape flavored anything and there was i like grape freezes disgusting grape fucking children's vitamins disgusting grape soda disgusting uh
1: grape popsicles disgusting i liked Um, it more as a kid i've gone off it quite a bit since i've gotten older but um every now and then you know when we're uh driving back from new york (laughs) (laughs) temptation on a 10-hour bus like a bunch of uh,
0: yeah um yeah and then it's the opposite for cherry stuff like i've talked many times of how much i love cherry coke and i love cherry flavored like cherry blasters and um which sounds dirtier now that I say it out loud. Uh, it's a sour candy, if people don't know that. Uh, kind of like a fuzzy peach. But, um, can, a you, can you explain what a flavored, fuzzy peach is, Peach-flavored stuff is amazing, too. Um, but cherry-flavored stuff, specifically. like uh, I will fuck with cherry Coke until the day I die. Uh, and I love it to death. I had a nice cherry Coke during Long Shot yesterday.
1: Which you can uh, um, listen to our uh, review. review. You
0: yeah. can. Um, I can talk a little bit about the audience during Long Shot here. Go for it. Go for it. Which was
1: trash. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Did it so, make you wish that you could watch the film in the comfort of your
0: own home? I mean, I was talking with uh, uh, a co-worker today, and um, I was telling them about this, and I just—part of me—like, horror movies and comedies, which I've talked about over and over again— um, I feel like it can it can benefit from a large audience and you can kind of feed off each other's either fear or um, laughter and, and and things like that where so it don't necessarily like comedies watching in the, them at home either alone or maybe with one other person, you can feed off of each other. I, but I'd prefer to see them with an audience. But like yesterday, I just right. I'm like now. I know right. Like I, I sit near the front, which I always do because I try to avoid people with cell phones and things like that getting in my field of view. Um, and I like being close to an exit at all times. Right. Uh, A to go pee. Yes, you have the bladder of an eighty-year-old man. I do. I do. Um. And then I sat down and uh, there was a woman behind me who had both of her feet just fucking... pro. You can check my uh, Twitter out. I did a post about it because um, I took pretended I was taking a selfie but was really taking a photo of her feet up on the chair right behind right. me. Um, so it's a footsie? It just in like opening night of this movie. It's not like an empty theater and you're by yourself and you know that no one's going to be in that row. And, right. Sure. I don't necessarily agree that you should put your feet up there. People's heads go on those seats and shit like that but like um just not a care in a world just putting her feet up and like basically blocking off a section of three or four seats because no one wants to sit around her feet right um so that was the first thing and then um i sound like such a curmudgeonly asshole when i complain about this shit all the time but
1: um but whatever but people treat you know the theater like it's their home or something, and they can do whatever exactly, they want. right. So then but it's not. Here's the next step of that. Um, there
0: was a gentleman by himself who was sitting uh, in the imagine the row behind me and like one or two seats to my right, um, and he was by himself. And I don't mind if you're having fun during a comedy and you have a loud laugh or a distracting laugh or you kind of take over the theater with your laugh. That's that I can't control that. That's how you laugh. That's totally fine. Um, but he was doing this thing, and I noticed even during the pre-show, where he would laugh at something like really loud, like "ha ha," and then comment on what's happening on the screen. So he'd either like repeat what was happening, or he would go, like, "Oh, he! Uh, I can't believe he did that," or something, or he would yell something out at the screen. Right. And he did that once during the pre-show, and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> Well, Tanner Z um, man brings out the, yeah. the, the worst in people. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> yell at T Z. Not bless T Z. He's good at his job. Um, and then I'm like, that was okay. And then I, I don't want this to sound ageist or anything either. But like an older couple, <laughs> but it will. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but an older couple came in and an eccentric older couple. Um, and what's your definition of old? I would say they were in their. 60s I would say probably maybe older um and they came and sat in my row because it was the uh, typically (laughs) the seniors row you know that first row uh in in the in the theater the row that they could get to yeah and um they sat directly beside me like in the seats beside me and I could already tell by the way that they were talking to each other of like it's gonna be one of those things where they're gonna to talk to each other the whole fucking movie like just commenting on everything or like and uh so immediately when they sat down i stood up and grabbed all my shit and moved to the uh first you know the first three rows like right in front of the screen because i'm yeah. just like there was one other younger couple that was was sitting down there and i'm like you know what i just want to get as far away from everyone in this theater as possible. Um, and you were on your own. And Nevis came with me. Oh, you okay? So okay. Nevis did join me later, but she wasn't with me at this point. Um, so I moved to that row, and then Nevis met up with me. And it wasn't actually too bad. We were three rows back, and the screen was very large, but it was in one of the smaller cinemas at Scotiabank Bank. Um, no masking didn't help because you're looking up at the uh, up at the screen, right? In the movie, right. and the movies in two thirty nine. But um, and lo and behold, during the whole fucking movie i could hear the old people behind us and um and this other guy like his laugh and the what what he was saying at the screen sometimes made people laugh as an added laugh right but it mostly was just annoying and um i could see hear the couple behind me like kind of talking to each other about the plot points or what they thought was going to happen What's grinder? Or, like, yeah exactly <laughs> and um so Anyways, it didn't ruin it because like, uh, you know me, like if it's a movie I really care about, I will go and cause, not a scene, but I will. You will politely ask and uh,
1: politely and firmly ask them to stop talking. Yes. Which you I, did with Avengers Endgame because we had and, a, a a woman sitting yeah, uh, directly behind directly us behind doing that us. same thing where yeah. she was commenting on what was happening. And I almost I, feel like it's almost as like. A nervous a
0: tick or something. Subconscious yeah. thing that they're doing. Yeah. Like a I reflex. mean, this guy was not, he was just full on, like, just it, whatever. That's just what he does. And that's that's totally his prerogative. That, that, like, that
1: was your Max Katie moment, you know, from yeah. uh, Cape Fear, where yeah. you had the guy, like, he just should have had a cigar with him and, like, yeah, been laughing just not, at problem just, child. I was
0: like, whatever, tell me to stop. I dare you, basically. Yeah. Um. So if it's a movie I really care about, I will go in and loudly but politely tell people to stop talking or on their phone and stuff like that. So everyone, so it kind of embarrasses them a little bit. Then they realize like, I don't want to sound high and mighty either, but these are just like, I think common courtesy things when you're in a shared space, watching a movie and comedies and horror movies are a little different because the atmosphere is a little different. And if it's a movie I don't care so much about, then I kind of just let it fly to an extent. If it's you just kind of let it go yeah you know? if it's not incredibly incredibly distracting but i just thought it was funny because all of the things like you just you go to the movie so often that you know uh you can almost like read the audience even before the movie starts or like who's sitting around you and things like that just based on i don't know human interaction and how you can kind of uh, people watched or before a movie and kind of uh, understand how it's gonna go so we've just and then it just goes back to the conversation of like is going to the movies in 2019 just a, a bad experience <laughs> like right and don't get me wrong i i've seen avengers we're gonna talk about it again a little bit later obviously it's only been a week since it since it came out so i'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit more we've both seen but you've it already the second, seen it seven
1: times well only twice
0: <laughs> and you've only seen it twice too and yeah. then um but My audiences were very well behaved in both screenings uh, of that. And mind you, one was a press screening other than actually the woman that I had to tell to stop. Um, And uh, in my public showing of it in IMAX, everyone was pretty good. One guy right in front of me needed to take a fucking Instagram story of the Marvel Studios logo. And I was like... Okay. I was here. I, was like, I need to let people why? know I was that here. That Marvel Studios logo, you can literally fucking rip off any Marvel movie. Right. But that's the thing he chose to fucking take a video of quickly. And then uh, luckily he didn't out his phone for the rest of it but anyways my experience at Longshot. i don't even know how i ended up there what were we were even talking about we were talking about food i think what we were really or... talking
1: about is that we're excited that the scotiabank theater is now going to become a condo yeah, that, that'll be a news story later
0: <laughs> uh anyways if you guys didn't know this is the untitled movie podcast each and every week eric and i get together and probably complain about something or talk about what we've been eating and then sometimes we talk about movies and the news and what the hell's going on um, if you like this we do another podcast Called the Untitled Movie Reviews, where uh, surprise, surprise, Eric and I get together and review a movie, whether it's uh, new um, on demand or in theaters now or soon to be in theaters. Uh, we do a short 20 25 minute review. Um, sometimes
1: 36 if it's Avengers yeah anime.
0: depending on the, the size of the movie and how much we have to say we go over uh, a little bit but nothing more than a half an hour 35 minutes so far but yeah you it's know. the bite sized version of the of the actual show exactly um, so please go over and subscribe to that channel as well we would love that and I've seen a few people drop reviews on that channel recently so uh, thank you we, we really appreciate yeah. that um, I saw the first couple of reviews pop in there so we uh, really <laughs> they're not total shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> we review movies you can review us go over there please give us yeah. five stars we beg you
1: um... <laughs> at least it's not Joe Carnahan <laughs> oh god let's not get into that
0: <laughs> yeah don't talk shit about him he will talk shit about us so uh, let's stay out of that, uh, Eric. What have you been watching, my friend?
1: Well, uh, since the last time we spoke, uh, I've been watching uh, some horror movies, and and obviously I rewatched Avengers Endgame. I do about- want to plug
0: quickly. Yeah, sure.
1: Uh, yes. I mentioned our reviews. Uh, We have a spoiler-free review
0: of Avengers Endgame up on our review channel. Uh, We also have a review of Longshot, which we just talked about my shitty uh, theater experience, the movie we liked a bit more than my shitty experience. Uh, And we also have a um, last week's episode, if you guys didn't catch it – is a two-hour spoiler cast for Avengers Endgame. So Eric and I literally talk about every fucking thing that happens in that movie and where we think the MCU is going in the future. Um, and I've been thinking about it even more since the second time uh, I saw it, which we'll talk about in a minute. We'll try not to spoil anything because we don't want We should talk about it now then since yeah, yeah.
1: we Go for it, yeah, yeah it go. Um, yeah, the second time I watched it, I liked it even more. Um, Same. I think I'm comfortable with the rating I gave it and what have you. but yeah. Um, I appreciated it more, especially again that first act where the heroes are actually feeling the outcome of a loss, and it feels like it's something real in, yeah. in a comic book movie that usually you wouldn't see in those type of films. Um, and I mean, like the humor is is it works, and the camaraderie between the characters is great. But yeah, I think I think what really sells this movie and makes it a, a, an interesting. Addition to not just the Marvel universe, but the superhero genre itself, is just the idea of being a little bit more grounded um, and taking a moment to really let you know things breathe. There's consequences, yeah. Right? Yeah, like the and actions
0: and of Thanos in the last movie actually have consequences in the beginning of this, and even lasting. Even uh, we won't spoil anything, but I feel like because of what happens in that first act and the. After the first act, the jump that we consider uh, or or see in the movie, I think that shows that there are consequences to what happened in that previous movie, no matter what the outcome of Endgame was.
1: Yeah, and it does it, and it does it in a way again that is solemn and 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 you know, you you feel the characters, you know, feeling their 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 loss and their defeat. But it, it again, like it's done in a way that's never. It doesn't feel like you you don't feel depressed watching it either. Like where Zack Snyder does the the exact opposite with Batman versus Superman and Justice League, where it's like, anytime you have kind of like a you know a dour moment, it's it's it feels like it sucks the life out of you. Yeah. And this you're kind of more engaged with the characters and you know enjoy watching them try to problem solve and figure things out and you know, leading into that second act. So yeah, I, I just appreciated it on that level a little, a little bit more in the character work. And I think like the second time watching it, the people that really stuck out to me were Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans. And like, I mean, Chris Evans was, I mean, I, I think is one of the MVPs of the film, but more so just like the tone or where his character goes. Because I mean, for the most part, he's a very uh, virtuous personality right and he's the guy that is always you know looking at America's ideals ideals of being you know uh the the land of the the free and the home of the brave and 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 sort of what America has to offer the rest of the world and sort of being the positive or looking at the positive side of things and that can be very bland after a while but mm-hmm. I think he does it in a very interesting way here and 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 again like you feel that you like he lost he 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 did not succeed where he has you know triumphed in past battles and i think you see that with robert downey jr as well yeah you I do mean, but like, i feel like you've seen that before with him like he actually because he's more like because he has a self bit more, absorbed yeah. playboy quality is kind of like, he's grown up and matured over those 11 where years. Where Chris Evans, Captain America, has kind of been Yeah, we Yeah, where Captain America is kind of like the life preserver of the group. Like, he's always keeping everybody afloat, you know, even in the darkest hour. And here you get some moments with him where it's like, you know, he doesn't even know what to do. Like, he's kind of lost. And I found that refreshing. And mm-hmm. And I think Evans really you know, thinking about this movie and his performance here and then thinking of the rest of the movie, I mean, like, casting-wise, he was perfectly cast in this film and in, 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 in the, the series. In the franchise, yeah. yeah. Which is crazy because we were uh, very skeptical
0: at first, right? The guy who's already, who played Johnny Storm in, in some bad Fantastic Four movies. Right. And, and been in a few other comic book movies before that. Yeah, The but, Losers and um, Scott
1: Pilgrim versus the World. Although he's, I mean, he's good at both of those movies too. I agree, totally agree. And then like when he's not doing... You know, a Marvel movie. He can pop up in Snowpiercer and be great in that, and then even in a movie that's not that good, but he's solid in it. With uh, Gifted, um, he's he's interesting. So, yeah, just please don't direct another. Movie. Yeah. Oh God, no, no. Before I go.
0: Yeah. Oh man, it's bad. But yeah. yeah, no. Shout out to Chris. Shout out to the whole cast. Really. Like, I don't think there's anyone who's particularly not good in the movie, and I, I like each character arc. And we talked about it for hours and hours, um, about how I, I was amazed at all these threads throughout 10 plus years of storytelling and how they were able to kind of, um, wrap everything up, but still leave you kind of wanting more, uh, which is, I mean, impressive in the sense of like people talk about superhero fatigue and all that stuff. And I think we, there was a time, like maybe, four three four five years ago like halfway through the mcu where i remember talking to you and i think we were both feeling it quite a bit yeah where we were like man it's getting exhausting like and it feels kind of like the same thing over and over again and i really feel like they had a small lull there maybe like at the end of phase one partly into phase two when age of ultron and stuff was and thor dark world was coming out and
1: um and a few of those other movies. Well, and then, even uh, Iron Man, too. Like, I remember with that, it was it was interesting because obviously Iron Man was this huge success. But then the sequel comes out and the criticism was, you know, it's just the definition of a sequel. It's bigger. It's louder. But it's not offering anything new in terms of story. And then part of it also was, well, it doesn't, you know, stand on its own, really. Yeah. Um. And, you know, people were afraid that that's where the, the whole series was going to go is that we were just going to get one after another that was just kind of the same iteration and and i mean for the most part you have to do the origin story to a certain degree but i think they have found interesting ways to kind of go about it especially with spider-man Homecoming. with new characters yeah because again you don't need to see uncle ben die for a fourth time because i mean you have confidence in the audience at this point that they've seen at least one of the iterations that have already passed of Spider-Man. So it's like, okay, well, we get, you know, the tragic loss of of, of Uncle Ben, you know, how has, has affected Peter, but you don't need to see it.
0: Yeah, and I think that goes for a lot of the characters now, too, right? Like, as much as they might be introducing someone that we've never heard of before, I think when we get to Shang-Chi or we get to... I mean, the Eternals might be a little bit more complicated and things like that to kind of... Explain to people but now that we have guardians because well, it's a group of yeah, people too yeah. right and who they are and what their history is and things like that but when it's a singular character i think they've really nailed it and it just it was it was growing pains right like they were very guarded and protective of these characters at the beginning um i think that's why marvel kind of uh, Kevin Feige and his team kind of maybe involved themselves a little bit too much in Iron Man 2 and Age of Ultron and 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 even Thor the Dark World uh, when we saw directors drop out and the directors weren't giving complete control and things like that and not that they are given complete control now but we've talked about it time and time again where as we got into phase three and even with the Russo brothers moving past winter soldier, which, um, into civil war. And now these Avengers movies, I feel like Kevin Feige, although he's the mastermind and he's there to kind of help everything work together. He's letting these filmmakers kind of make their movie, but it's still a Marvel movie, but they, they and we are repeating ourselves, but I, I don't know. That's just amazing to me that we've gotten to this point and all the character threads, have, and we're not tired of it. Like we want more, even after Endgame, which is this
1: climax. Um, well, we're gonna be um, getting a new Spider-Man trailer. Um we're recording this on Friday, um, um soon, on May right? the third, and I believe it's dropping on on Monday. And apparently the reason why they were holding off on the trailer is because there is spoilers, spoilers. for from Endgame, which but, I understand because I mean, especially after you see end game it, it makes sense in terms some of stuff where that the storyline falls yeah. into place
0: and i feel like the next trailer will spoil end game stuff and
1: it spoils the whole like last act of the well, game well it
0: probably it will 100% it will cuz i i don't want to go too deep into it but we can talk about it maybe on the next show and we'll warn people but it's also a good spoiler um, like
1: a warning or alert for people that maybe, maybe should avoid yeah. that spider-man there's even tv Far spots now trailer. so i
0: watched a Endgame tv spot that they just put out i think Today. So the movie's been out a week, right? We're it's already made
1: one what? Oh God, almost
0: two billion. I two think. billion? Like yeah. it's going it's on track. We have a new story later, which we'll we'll go into, but it's on track to break a second weekend record, which we'll talk about. But I saw this teaser today and they're like, "Well, they you know how protective they were leading up to this movie where they didn't show you an ounce of anything
1: basically and
0: like now
1: the they floodgates showed, have opened. Yeah, they
0: show you fucking everything in this 30 second teaser. Like, imagine You know what
1: they don't show you? Don't, Vision.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, RAP for <laughs> that spoilers for Infinity War, but um dude, they like I want to show it to you after this cuz it it's so funny where they're just like, "We're going to show you every big Thing we didn't want to show you before other than like the stuff that ends the movie right. it just doesn't show you the
1: ending it shows you
0: everything leading up to that i guess they figure at and, this
1: point people have seen it at least once like at yeah. least the people that care about care spoilers, about spoilers yeah. yeah. or
0: that that kind of spoiler because again right. it's not spoiling the movie but it's spoiling some of the surprises it's not spoiling the ending right um so I thought that was hilarious, and um, but yeah, I enjoyed it, dude. The emotional beats for me worked even better on the second time, and I. Couldn't... There were people
1: crying in my theater. You could and, hear people crying. And dude,
0: and I, I again, I got, I talked about how emotional it made me the first time I saw it, and seeing it with Nevis the second time, which was her first time seeing it, and um, she could tell that you get a couple of those. Like I was never full on like sobbing in either time that we saw it. Uh, I did have to like wipe tears away that first time I saw it, and in the second time, I still at the same couple moments did that like, <sighs> like you know that where you like you're on the verge of crying and you do that like breath- weird breath thing. And um, so, anyways, I don't know. That sounds stupid, but like again, coming growing up reading Spider-Man comics and um, and I mean Batman. I know it's not Marvel, but being like those were my and oddly we're going to talk about this later my three comic books i i read religiously as a kid batman spider-man and sonic the hedgehog from archie comics (laughs) um so uh yeah so you can tell that uh, i'm invested in some of the things that we're talking about today but yeah i want to see i want to go on a field trip with you once it dies down a little bit although i think um We'll probably have to do it sooner rather than later because another movie will probably push its way in into this format. But I would love <laughs> to watch oh, it in 40x because we we did a field trip last year to see a triple x. I like how you call it a um, field trip. <laughs> uh, that one wasn't a field trip. We just went, but this would be a field trip for the podcast because I'd love our third viewing of the movie to be in, in 40 X and just see, we can what only that
1: see Vin Diesel m- movies.
0: Yeah, exactly. There you go. Um, fast and furious would be fun in 40 X. Uh, it's 40 X is way too much, but I yeah. almost want to see what a three hour movie in 40 X, right? Uh, you don't want to like.
1: see antichrist in 40. No, 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 no. Uh, but
0: they did some like interesting programming with the 40 X, or at least from their marketing spiel. Um, where each character has their own unique like feel and stuff like that. But there's so many goddamn characters. I don't know how that would even work, but right. um, I think it would be a sensory overload. Did you see it in 2d or 3d second time? 2d. It's 2d again. Just 2d again. Yeah. yeah. I saw it in IMAX, which was, I did it as um, or, or the LIMAX. LIMAX. Yeah. Landmark. Yeah. Um, but the full aspect ratio I thought was nice. Like yeah. again, I, I prefer wide. Like I prefer two thirty nine, but like, in something like this on an IMAX screen i love the expanded aspect ratio and the sound as well yeah the sound's excellent too i'd love to see it in theater two at lightbox with that dolby Atmos sound in there whoo baby i would love that um all right that's enough for endgame we'll talk more about it probably when the spider-man trailer uh drops um which would probably be on our next episode which will this episode will probably go up and the trailer will already be out, so I apologize yeah. to everyone. But uh, that's how it Jeez. is. We have to record like either at night or on the weekends now because of my new job. So it's uh, how's it it's going, great. by the way? Good, man. It's good. I'm tired. Um, yeah, it's very busy. Um, End of I, the week. Yeah, it's a Friday, which is nice. But um, Friday my night. My days this week went by so fast, and like. Um and my days go by so quickly cause I'm so busy on multiple different like accounts and stuff that yeah. it's, uh, you don't even know who you are anymore. No, so I mean, deep. well, it's such a opposite of what it was, right? I had nine months where I was sitting on my fucking ass watching YouTube and like, <laughs> and recording with you and going to see movies. So, um, uh, it's a change of pace a little bit and it's, it's the screening stuff's a little interesting cause I have to either go see like the, uh, Press slash public stuff on on the evenings, um, which are usually pretty close to the release date. So it's hard for us to get a review out in time. But with Long Shot, I just went to the public showing on Thursday night, and that's probably what I'll yeah. uh, have to end up doing a lot of the times. You were and, cool enough to go to the Queensway
1: with me and Andrew oh, Feigl
0: because there was a Leafs playoff game that yeah. night,
1: or else I would have. How are they doing, by the way? Ah, shut up.
0: <laughs> uh, we Sorry, I have, we I, have I have no, no
1: stake in in in. in and hockey I know. Your sports. brother's a Bruins fan. Yeah, I know. Um,
0: Don't hold it against him. I won't. I love Kyle. Uh, well, I'll quickly go through what else I've been watching. I have to turn away from the microphone to look one second. He's taking uh, a look. I watched uh, Rogue Nation and Fallout again. Both amazing. I uh, can't wait to see uh, what he does with the, the next two. Christopher McQuarrie. Yeah, are you McCoy. disappointed
1: that he said they, they are not going to space? Did he confirm that?
0: Yeah. Damn. Uh, no, I'm not, honestly. Like, I don't think that's the franchise that you... I think Fast and Furious is oh, the one that needs to, to go there. Um, and then... Um, so I, I watched those to keep up with the kind of funny in review series. And then... Um, yeah, I would prefer Fast to go to space or involve time travel or some ridiculous shit like that, where I just don't know how you keep upping the ante if you don't do some sort of... I think they they don't do space because that would be actually impossible to get Tom Cruise to actually go to space. Well, yeah, no, Tom um, Cruise would actually want to. He would to, want to, which yeah. is why they won't do it. But I'm trying to think of, like, what crazy thing
1: they haven't done that he would do. Could you imagine, like, Tom, we're going to do time travel, but there's no way you can actually <laughs> do this. And he's <laughs> like, I will figure it out. Um, And then uh, I wanted to talk with you
0: uh, – about Game of Thrones, a little bit too. Yes. Yeah, so The Long Night, right? Yes. The Long Night, or uh, what's been. The Battle the of ba- Winterfell. Yeah, yeah. Which is people have been calling
1: it that. Uh, which I think is a better. I mean, like, it is a better title. Like, The Long Night sounds like a 1970s uh, neo-noir, um, where The Battle of Winterfell, like, just tells you exactly what's was, going down. What's happening. Um, so I, I think
0: we're both. I think this episode's been more divisive than people think it is, and I think we're both. But skewing. I also think people are
1: complaining or criticizing certain aspects of it the wrong way, or getting technicalities mixed up, and and we'll go into that quickly. But yeah, I was, I was sort of disappointed. I, I was, was too because the, the 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 build up to this episode, this episode, and this fight between you know the living and the dead. Has been building for seasons since, now since
0: the first scene of the first episode. Yeah,
1: and 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 it feels like you know with the Night King, like,
0: and even for me who hasn't been watching it for years. So I, I guess I should mention too, the last update I did on this was like a couple months ago, I think, where I said I was like stuck on season five, um, and since that I watched two seasons in. A weekend leading into this episode, so I could watch it live. So I watched like 17 hours of Game of Thrones that weekend, last weekend, yeah, and it was a lot,
2: right? Um,
0: and so I don't even have, I think, uh, another thing too is I don't have the affinity or the attachment to a lot of these characters I think other people do as well because they've been watching it for eight years, uh, right? Because it was 2011, yeah, um so they've been watching it for eight years so much like my affinity to the marvel universe right where i'm very attached to a lot of these characters because we've seen them for 10 years um i could see why some people uh are so attached to some of the people in game of thrones where i don't give a fuck about anyone right. like there are You're people are attached like. to
1: tony stark and some other people yeah. are more attached to the stark family.
0: Hey-o! Nice. Yeah. Love it. Um, So anyways, yeah, the episode, I think what you're talking about too is some of the technical stuff like the lighting. And, I uh, like that it the, was dark.
1: Yeah. I didn't have a problem with that. But where I think people are kind of getting that a little bit mixed up with their criticism is that the compression and the, and streaming the digital yeah. grain that you're seeing or the digital noise that you're seeing on the screen Agreed. does distract and take away from the experience, the experience, because I was watching it, and it's like, oh yeah, this is why I don't watch these usually when they're, when they're actually the airing because yeah. they're a little bit better. You yeah. know, like you're still not going to get a hundred percent, you know, four uh, K resolution, but at least the Blu-rays are. But they they're look starting, a little nicer. They
0: shoot it in 4K and they yeah. mastered it in 4K. But this did first, not look like. it was Oh in God, it looked 4K. off. It looked and, awful.
1: And why I like the darkness is because you had scenes where the Red Witch lights up, you know, these swords, and that's those are great moments. And I liked that they kept it in darkness because it is called the Long Night, and you know you're in this fantasy world. And it's the world. undead coming to. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, and 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 I actually appreciated that they stuck to their guns and didn't. You know, cheapen it by adding some sort of explanation to why you know, like we added extra light right. sources or, or I'm to- what have you. I'm
0: totally fine with the lighting and it being dark, but then you need the quality to match that exactly. Because, and that's because,
1: the problem with it because it did not have the quality of of the, the actual. And HD. this was everywhere because yes. uh, from HBO in the US, uh, you have
0: it. Crave here in Canada. Um, no matter where you watched it, and I think it was also because so many people were trying to stream it at the exact same time. Like I think the ratings were in and it was like 17 and a half million people watched it like right away. Yeah. Um, And uh, some, I think, uh, and HBO has just been notoriously, I think, kind of not great at their video compression. And like I, if you go on Netflix or um, Apple or Amazon even, the streaming quality is pretty good on most of their stuff. Um, You do get the same thing. And what's unfortunate about the lighting is the lighting was fine. It can be dark, but um these streaming services can't handle blacks very well, Ex- yes, which 100%. is the worst thing. If it was in daylight, it probably would have looked okay. Um, But that's not a fault of the show. It's or just the cinematography. A yeah. And yeah. I just think blacks handle the worst because even streaming on Netflix, I remember watching Death Note over at Mike's house on a great 4K TV. Um, and any scene that in w- and Death Note's a very dark movie at times too. And you just saw the compression on the blacks, they all kind of moray into each other. And you see like grays and blacks, and they all kind of look like a jumbled mess. When it's, it's almost on. like
1: you're seeing like kind of like static yes. in a way and right? like, or like and, fuzz. And
0: it just can't handle. Blacks at all so this episode is mostly very dark and it was just kind of all muddy and in like and I think it did really affect my experience and I think it affected a lot of people's experience and um, uh, again it, it's unfortunate and we're we're focusing a lot on the technical aspect if we were talking about what actually happened um, I don't mind that it's dark but I also just found like the first I do like some of the shots you're talking about with the swords being lit up and some of the action sequences. But for me, it it's not that I couldn't tell what was happening. I just didn't find it very exciting. And right. the fantasy elements I've talked about on this show are some of my least favorite things in Game of Thrones. I like more of like the... The well, stuff with Braun has always kind of the, been like the
1: the weakest element. Yeah, and even
0: the the Night King and the in the White Walkers, like I just don't really care about them. And like I like more about the battle for the throne and the chess moves and the strategic murders and like and the surprises that way. And like I I want a calculated murder Way more than I want a giant. <laughs> you want you want your little um, fingers. You yes, want your, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Your varices and you're like or your circes and like and I like mostly and everyone on the show has that element. Um, but when you get in a big battle scene like this, it just bores me and like that's the right. shit that like you know me like I struggle with like fantasy and 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 stuff like this for that reason and some of uh, those elements and so for the first. I really like the opening, and I really like the end. Right, um, and I, I
1: do like the sequence with Arya where it becomes a bit of a horror movie, where it's like she's so moving. So I have a the...
0: huge problem with that. How the fuck is it so quiet in there? Well, There's a giant fucking battle going on outside, and it's that goddamn quiet? Hey, man,
1: it's a library. It's, you know? you uh, no! Gotta, you gotta keep it quiet. But what I, why I liked it is because it changed up the, uh, the sure, pacing, right? Sure. And it changed up the dynamic like it became a mini horror movie because you had you know all these undead zombies, zombies. It, it looked like something out of like a romero movie or totally 28 days later and, I, and that's the stuff i kind of enjoyed because at least it's different and, and there's some interesting arcs within that storyline that pay off in an interesting way but i do agree where like after a while all you're getting are just people like you know Punching into each other and ramming each other, and and it's dark and it's just dirty. And
0: like, I get how impressive it is on a technical level, of like how hard it probably was to shoot and 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 act. Um, But yeah, I just had some major issues with it. And not like it's not that I thought it was a bad episode. I just thought like it was okay. And like, I was underwhelmed by. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil anything. But I just. I was totally underwhelmed how it kind of wrapped up as well. And you have eight years of build up and like you said, this was supposed to be the giant battle that they've been building up to, and it just kind of was like,
2: oh. This to okay. me feels
0: like it's
1: a secondary thing yeah. where like you're gonna get the last few episodes where it's gonna be dealing with Cersei specifically yeah. as kind of the main uh, the big bad, right? Yeah. Um, but the yeah, the thing is with the buildup of it, it's like the one thing that none of these characters throughout these eight seasons could escape is death, death itself. And I feel that the Night King represents that, and how they play it out in that episode. It's it, you know, you have this character that there's there's no rhyme or reason, there's no negotiating with. He's just he's a representation of, of your demise and how it's played out. It's just kind of, it was a little underwhelming yeah. overall. And and you feel like, well, you know, you invested eight years, eight seasons to this moment. And then it kind of just kind of flatlines. Yeah. I, and, and, and again, like compared to the battle of the bastards, which I think is fucking awesome. Yeah. Which is claustrophobic and gross. And just like you feel, feel it and like there's a moment of camaraderie between Jon Snow and that giant that you like you 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 don't get in this battle yeah, you even, don't get like, those moments we won't spoil here. who dies
0: but any of the deaths that happen just kind of like there's one that's supposed to be very emotional that I was just kind of like yeah okay <laughs>
1: like, you, you kind of feel like it, these are the characters that that meet certain fates it's like okay well this was you know, inevitable to a certain degree. Like they, they, they were supposed to die here or they were like, they were on bar. I think time. that was a,
0: yeah, again, I, of this episode, destiny and fate, I thought, um, played into it very, very well. And I do like the last 20 minutes of this when the, there's a, a piece of score that comes in and everything kind of slows down. And then as much as it's underwhelming where it kind of finally ends up, but, I do like that sequence and I do like, again, you talked about certain characters and I do feel like destiny or, or what they were born for played into that a lot too. Right. And then uh, there's, we'll talk after this, but there's one uh, redemption was a big thing for me too. Right. That, I, that um I, with a lot of these characters, whether it's,
1: Jamie. And, Jamie's like, the most interesting one because there's a character that like was a scumbag, man. scumbag, I fucking and hated likes him. to have sex with his sister, yeah. and then but at the same time, like over the course of these eight seasons, you've come to kind of like, like him, him? And, it's and I think weird. that's the.
0: Po- I mean, I think they've done a good job at like because I never well, it's thought- great character development. Yeah, right? exactly. Because it's,
1: it's, it's the character shouldn't be defined by one trait or or by one significant moment i mean there's layers and you build it over time and especially with an arc that's this long you don't want to create one-dimensional you know performances and i think and they've
0: done a good job with mostly everyone yeah of, of great character development whether it's the stark kids or daenerys or jen Snow. um it's I, yeah I, I mean i never thought i'd i'd really enjoy this show as much as i i do i i don't think i'm a hardcore uh, fan like i think some people are but i think they have eight years of loving the show and waiting and clamoring for it where i kind of put it out in like a couple months yeah and, and like, the
1: fantasy stuff has escalated a lot which more is the, the stuff that seasons. doesn't really yeah
0: do any and now i'm glad that it's maybe maybe uh maybe behind us Uh, And we can focus on, you know, fucking backstabbing and and fucking that fight for the throne. Um, But I'm excited. There's only three or four episodes left, right? Yeah, uh, because what, there's I think there's six six? episodes. I think there's three left. And then uh, it was just crazy. And uh, I do want to give a shout out. I heard um, that Cineplex, I think, is screening the series finale in theaters uh, in certain cities. Uh, I'll have to try and get details for you guys, maybe... On the next episode but um i don't think they're selling the tickets i think you need to get a code from certain like uh i think probably bell is doing it um so that sounds cool though i would love to see it in a theater but i hope they get an actual like digital file and not stream it right because <laughs> uh, that would be a nightmare uh, so you but, get that sweet compression yeah and it will be properly masked because it's uh fit for a tv screen Uh, Okay, quickly, did you want to mention anything else you watched this week?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'll just quickly go through. Uh, I watched a Canadian or a Canuck exploitation movie from the late 80s called The Brain. Uh, Scream Factory just released a Blu ray, which I never thought this movie would get one. It's literally a giant brain monster eating people and it was shot in uh, Mississauga and Toronto in 88. So it's kind of just fun to see
0: like short circuit too.
1: Yeah. Just <laughs> fun to see Toronto and, you know, Canada at that point. Um, and David Gale is kind of the only really big star who was in uh, uh reanimator. Um, and then I rewatched the autopsy of Jane Doe. I uh, hadn't seen this since um, Tiff a few years ago. We saw it at uh, midnight madness and the reason why I watched this is because the director of the film, um Andre Olirolf, uh is uh going to be directing uh scary stories uh to tell in the dark. And I was kinda I wanted to give it another shot, and I think the first half of this film is really well paced. The atmosphere works nicely. Uh both uh Brian Cox and Emile Hirsch are excellent together. But then the second act kind of dissolves into your typical jump scare over design zombie mutant creatures. And it's kinda of disappointing, but you know, it, the strength of that first half is as good as any episode of The Twilight Zone or Tales from the Crypt. Um and it's just a shame that it just kinda of fizzles out halfway through. Um but yeah, I think I think he's an interesting guy in terms of what he does. Uh he also did Troll Hunters and there was another movie where I was kind of like, "This is an interesting concept, but it doesn't really hold water." Like, um, throughout a an hour and a half running time. Yeah, um, I I remember
0: not caring much about it at uh, at TIFF. But again, Midnight Madness, such a whirlwind. Like that whole festival. Like I, uh, it's hard for me to even remember a single thing that happened in it. So right. I don't even remember if I liked it or not. So. I I wouldn't mind watching it again, but it, I'm I'm hard to get through another like something like that when there's just I can rewatch Marvel movies for the hundredth time, you know.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also rewatched. What did I rewatch? There there was a couple things I, I checked out. Like there, one movie I saw that I hadn't seen before, which was on Shutter, was a movie called Demon Wind. Uh, it was from the uh, the '90s, and it's a terrible movie. It's about a group of people that go to this cabin in the woods. Um, it's not really Surprise. in the woods, um, but it plays like your cabin in the wood type movie. They right. they stop at a gas station first. The Love old man it. at the Does, gas yeah. station tells them to go down the, to the end of the road and you'll Love find it. this old Love cabin. It. And it's about this guy who kind of inherits his uh, grandparents' estate, but yeah. um, has never really met them. And uh, when he gets there with his friends... Uh, Some really strange and creepy things happen. The practical effects are actually not that bad. There's one sequence at the end that turns almost into a comic book movie. Um, One of the characters ends up looking like a fleshy scroll. Um, Sweet. But it is so incoherent and messy and weird that it is in that bad movie zone where it feels like, you know, you could watch this as a double bill with The Room or something like that. Because it's – but it's not – Intentionally bad Which makes it kind of Sincere In a weird way But it's kind of interesting to watch I'd never seen it before um, Yeah And and that's really about it
0: Yeah You also saw The Curse of La Lorena Yes right?
1: Talk about jump scare movies um, This has to which be Which is something I didn't see So we didn't review one it One of the laziest Conjuring movies con- Yeah it's. I wouldn't even say It's a conjuring <laughs> film It feels almost like They shot the movie as it is And they were like You know what Maybe we should put this in the Conjuring universe because it'll sell more tickets, but they never really publicize it. There's one scene where one of the characters from Annabelle um, talks about the doll and then they actually insert a shot from Annabelle and you're like, no, oh, it's so bad. But other than that, it's just literally a haunted house movie where you can count down the seconds till someone is jumping out and screaming at you at the top of their lungs and it becomes so annoying and tedious and you're just you hate watching it you just (laughs) sit there but i will say this it is better than both uh the nun and the first annabelle movie um but this guy uh, michael chavez is doing the next conjuring film so it's literally just going to be a carbon copy of you know what he's done here probably in terms of well i am sure it was like a him. test run kind of thing right but i mean yeah. i like linda cartellini and she's been working a lot recently so um yeah she kind of i wouldn't say disappeared for a while but
0: then kind well, of she kind of uh, did wink, oh. wink. um yeah i mean i like linda cartellini too so uh but that's unfortunate she's not
1: even on she has a, a new a netflix show yeah that just dead came, to me right we came Christina out today Applegate, yeah. i think
0: so yeah um cool man yeah. um on to staying at home uh, i wanted to mention a few things uh there are a couple of good deals on itunes right now i have to check <laughs> uh creed 2 is 10 dollars in 4k so i picked that up excited to kind of rewatch. uh we did our rocky in review on this show not too long ago uh, you could
1: say we rocked um we have a review of
0: creed 2 as well if you guys want to check that up uh out on the reviews channel or on our main
1: show was that before we put it It, we did it as a part of the main show Show. and each episode we talked about what we watched but creed
0: 2 was before we broke off untitled movie reviews yes correct Yeah. yeah so it's on one of those episodes sorry i should look this up for you uh, and then Searching is also $10, uh, which I think is an underrated movie from last year that you guys should definitely check out. I think it makes for a good uh, either rental or pickup, but I mean for $10... Great John Cho performance. Um, yeah. Not and, so
1: much Deborah Messing. You
0: no, know, Deborah Messing's bad. But the movie is, I, I think is surprisingly good, and I think from a, uh, a technical standpoint of how they... Um, utilized technology i think is really really cool and well done and then finally uh call me by your name is seven dollars um wanted to give that a shout out too i think that's an incredible price for that movie so yeah they just announced
1: that uh the sequel um is, is coming out soon the book the book uh, find okay. me which i believe it's called uh entertainment weekly posted uh about it i think today actually so those are my three picks of the week. You had a couple
0: of one thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, I mean, there's there's some stuff that's coming up in the next week or so. And, and uh, I mean, I might as well talk about them now. You're getting movies like Hellboy 2 on 4K and uh, The Lego Movie Part 2 on 4K, which I think maybe are worth uh, revisiting. And then um, Shell Factory was nice enough to send me uh, an IFC uh, copy of Ethan Hawke's uh country biopic uh blaze about blaze foley um and it's about a country singer who's kind of inspired everybody from you know the willie nelson's of this world to johnny cash and um it's a very lived in small kind of movie um but at the same time uh the performances are so strong first time actor ben dickey in the lead role uh, is fantastic, and so is Ali uh, Shawcat as uh, as his girlfriend. And on top of that, you have people like Sam Rockwell popping up, and Richard Linklater, and you can tell like these, oh, really? these guys are doing you know favors for Ethan Hawke. But it's kind of fun to see them kind of walk on set and have a scene, and then you know leave, and and it's not too distracting. And and again, like I kind of feel this movie maybe got lost. In you know the Stars born, Vox Lux, you know, up and coming singer uh, right. genre that was very prominent last year. And this is kind of a very small, quiet, lived in movie. And um, I think Ethan Hawk has really strong sensibilities with doing character driven work and and whether it be, you know, documentaries. Um, like Seymour or, or or this, and and you feel um, a certain extent of of you know him trying to get to know the character is more than just you know a Wikipedia bio, right? Which again I appreciate it because it's all real singing and. You know performances and, and you just feel like it's like, why didn't this get nominated for? Like, again, it's right. not perfect, but why didn't this get nominated over something like Bohemian Rhapsody, right? right? Or at least get more eyes on it, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it, so it's it's worth checking out. It's 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 available now on Blu ray, and um, it's one of those movies that I think maybe you know, if you if you give it a shot, you'll you'll like it, even if you don't like country music, you can appreciate the structure of it and just the story of somebody. They're somebody's legacy and what they're trying to do and what they're leaving behind and how they leave it behind. And if you don't know too much about Blaze Foley, that's even better because it makes the story more um, interesting and you're emotionally invested in him as a person. And again, Ethan Hawke's not afraid to make him a human being and show his flaws. Cool. Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, moving on to talking trailers, my dude. Uh, we got a couple interesting ones this week. Uh, where do you want to kick it off?
1: Oh, you know where I want to kick it off. Gator bait, baby. <laughs> crawl.
0: Uh, yeah, crawl. Uh, I just watched the trailer. I've been a little bit behind. It's, it's interesting doing this now because when I was at home during the day, every day, I would be up on every piece of movie news because I'd be on Twitter all day. Um, now with my new job, I'm actually quite busy, so there's some things you told me. There's a couple pieces of news that I literally didn't even know until you told me today as I was putting this show together. Um, and Crawl was a movie that where you texted me, you're like, have you seen this trailer yet? And I'm like, I have not, and I just watched it, and boy, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm in. It looks so dumb, but I'm I'm hella in, man. So directed by... Uh,
1: Alexander Aja, who directed yeah. High Tension, but more specifically in how this relates to Crawl, uh piranha 3d yeah which i find that is for for me personally an underrated guilty pleasure totally not piranha 3 double d that's a piece of garbage it is very bad it's awful uh but piranha 3d is a fun film and i remember seeing that in late august at that in the expendables as a double feature oh, and was just great yeah like it's it's that that would have been a perfect grindhouse house like kind of like grindhouse maybe. yeah yeah night, yeah um, so yeah, so he's kind of playing in similar territory with a monster movie with this alligator stalking, uh, a so girl a who's trying to look for uh, yeah. her father during a hurricane, in and Florida. then also in, in incorporating the, the disaster movie into it as well. And this trailer, I mean, you talked about Hobbs and Shaw should win you know, for Best Short Film. <laughs> this yeah. thing deserves it's... an Oscar because it is selling you on how ridiculous it is, and even... You know the effects don't look great, but it's kind of I think charming. It's part, yeah, you know, part weird, of the charm, way, I think yeah, would
0: be that like that B movie vibe, much like Piranha, three D, right? Or um, yeah,
1: and I and and I weirdly like, you know, it's going to be extremely Jaws graphically knockoffs. violent. Oh too. yeah, hugely, and yeah. and like it might not even all be with the gator as well. Yeah. Like it'll probably be like there'll be shots of like you know Barry Peppers in this, and yeah. he'll probably have like a infected leg or something yeah. like that, and he'll focus on that for a moment and it'll be an exploitation film. But I'm it surprised looks like it's gonna it be a lot par- of fun. Is it Paramount?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised at that when I was watching the trailer. I'm like, this looks like
1: a Well, I'm also surprised yeah. it's getting a July release. Like this is usually a film that gets released August. at the very end of August. Yeah, I like know. The, the second to last week or Labor Day weekend. We haven't got a good, like, alligator movie in a while, you know? <laughs> well, the last one was what? Primeval or, or oh, uh, right. uh, Rogue, which was like, with uh, Sam uh, Worthington. 2000s or... Early? 2009, 2010. It was yeah. with the guy from... Um, I can never remember his name. Dominic Purcell. Right. From uh, Prison Break. <laughs> yes. He was the lead in that. And that was a right. Disney movie, too. Really? Yeah. Like a Bonavista? Yeah, Bonavista. Or yeah.
0: Touchstone yeah. or whatever? Or... Yeah interesting that would have been one of their like it was one of their later ones yeah yeah, because it was 2009 i think that's weird man yeah i i don't remember it much or i think i was working at the theater when it came out at cineplex um i think so 10 years ago yeah about uh yeah this looks ridiculous i'm i'm very in i i'm sure it'll be it is r-rated and stuff too right yeah and um yeah, it looked like it's going to be graphically violent and just goofy and over the top. And uh, and the two leads um, are from
1: the Maze Runner movies, so it's like... Right,
0: yeah. <laughs> just this Maze Runner sequel. Although
1: it's so weird. Like, Barry Pepper was one of those guys in the late 90s, early 2000s that was going to be this big star. And like you look at stuff that he's done in Saving Private Ryan and 25th Hour, and you're like, what happened? And then... Anytime he pops up, I, I always like seeing him, and I kind of wish that he was in more movies. But then when he does pop up, he pops up in the most random films, like the Maze Runner movies or like Snitch. Remember with The uh, the Rock? Yeah. Oh, God. With that
0: sweet <laughs> goatee. Barry Pepper always has great facial hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the times. And, yeah, I, I, I'm totally into this, man. Like, it looks like a fun B-slash-exploitation movie. and um. Uh, I'm gonna be there day one. I'll be there. Hell yeah.
1: Uh see again, that's the kind of movie you wanna see in a theater with a, with group, a group of people. Of people. And who you don't are care. respectful of the of the genre and yeah. want to, you know, you want them to be into it. it and
0: be a little bit over the top. Yeah. But um but also don't ruin it for everyone else. Yeah, that would be fun with a packed theater on like a, a Friday night, like late night show. Oh yeah. Um
1: but I don't know how well
0: it's going to do though.
1: No, I think um, it'll be one of those movies that like Literally just kind of opens for a few weeks and then by the end of July and early August is gone completely. I could see
0: it like eventually landing on a streaming service and people are like, Yo, have you watched this fucking alligator movie? Oh, yeah. It VOD
1: wise, like if it was on shutter, it would be huge. Yeah, people would see it
0: then. And I, I feel like that's maybe when it'll find an audience. I just don't see it doing very well in theaters unless it's like so crazy and over like violent or or ridiculous that it kind of has a little bit of legs because of word of mouth but we don't even know if it'll be any
1: good. But. Yeah, cuz I know with Alexander Aja's movies, his stuff is usually hit or miss with me and I know like with a lot of people like they're either interested in it because it's so provocative and gory with high tension or his remake of The Hills Have Eyes, but they were released You know, either at the beginning of a year in February to April, or then you get really crappy films from him like Mirrors. Do you remember that with Kiefer Sutherland, which was released very bad. also at the end of August? And Piranha was released in August. Mirrors is terrible. Oh, it's, it's, it's so. It's bad. real bad. Yeah. Um, but that was
0: one of his films. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So who knows? I hope it it'll be fun and decent.
1: Yeah, as long as he keeps schlocky, it simple, like, I think it'll be enjoyable. Yeah, like if he overcomplicates it or tries to make it more than what it is, which I don't think he will. No, especially because it's from the guy who did Prada Three D. Keep it like that, and you're you're good.
0: Uh, okay, I want to talk about. We'll save the best for last. So let's go into uh, a trailer we missed last week because we did the spoiler cast. But I still wanted to talk to you about it, uh, Gemini Man. So uh, Ang Lee's uh, new action film starring uh, Will Smith and, and Will, Will Smith. Smith. Um, I don't know how much else to, what else to say, but Will Smith is playing both a older and younger version of himself. It's essentially with- the plot of Logan. Yeah, and um, it's going to be shot in 120 frames per second.
1: Yeah, right. And you can even tell with the trailer; it looks a little off. Like, yeah, I hate just saying the word digital, but it does.
0: Well, I mean, when you have a whole digital character with the de aging thing, which seems to be like the big fad right now in right. movies. Like, look at we can de age people and make it look. Uh, I'm using air quotes. Realistic. And I think, obviously, we've seen it a lot in the Marvel movies, and and we're going to see it in The Irishman later this year. Right. Um, And
1: sometimes it works, but I think it works best when the actor actually still looks really good for their age. And Will Smith looks great for his age.
0: Right. They didn't have to do that much, right? Like, he does look like a... Will Smith from his twenties, yeah, and the and it does also look... might
1: be a problem because we know what Will Smith looked like in his twenties, right? Like it wasn't we, that we, long ago. Right? Yeah, and well, we grew up with Will Smith on Fresh Prince of Bel Air, where like if it was somebody that was an older actor that we didn't have a frame of reference for as as a younger uh, person, that might <clears> take away some of that a little bit. But because we 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 know what Will Smith looked like as as a kid, like he's you can tell. Like, right. The, the waxiness of, of his and face. And I think that's and... the biggest
0: issue with a lot of these, the de-aging process. Everyone looks too smooth. And yeah. I know that's a big complaint that you had in Star Wars and I think in a lot of the Marvel stuff too. Well, even right? in
1: Captain Marvel, like, yeah. like especially not so much Sam Jackson, but more. Sam Jackson Phil... was more makeup, I yeah, think. Yeah, but right? like Phil Coulson, you can tell.
0: Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and like Michael Douglas and. Uh, um... A lot of the people in in I mean even Robert Downey Jr. when he does the de aging with his uh, I know that's supposed to be a digital projection that he shows so that's a little bit I guess they could get away with that a
1: little bit more, more. but but yeah again you can tell how smooth he is and yeah. like
0: supple and really. I mean and um uh, in Rogue One um with uh, oh God why am I blanking Peter on, Cushing yeah Peter Cushing but I forget the character's name uh, what's I? his name
1: Admiral.
0: I don't think it's Admiral Akbar right now, but like no. it's not Akbar. I know who Akbar is, but God, we're such not Tork, Turk, f- Turk? Tur- Tuck. Uh, Turk. Oh God, why are we blanking on this? I'm gonna Google Peter it. Cushing, Peter Cushing, and Rogue One, and uh, star of many Hope.
1: hammer horror movies, Peter Cushing. But he looked really smooth, way too smooth. Well, I mean, he also, I mean, it wasn't really Peter Cushing, right? I know Peter Cushing's but, been dead so they since actually, the 90s.
0: sure, so. I mean, they actually had to put his full face. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but they still do that even with people who are acting as themselves. It's all but...
1: in the lips and in the eyes. And then, yeah, like the the smoothing effect where it's like you get rid of the wrinkles and stuff. It looks like they, they're, they're made out of plastic.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I'm looking uh, up. We're such fake Star Wars boys. God, what am I... Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Tarkin, damn it, Moff Tarkin, Tarkin. How did we forget Tarkin? Fake fans, fake fans, we're fake fans. Um, yeah, Gemini man, I don't have much to say. I mean, it looks like a. I like Ang Lee. Um, I I couldn't get through Billy Lynn's uh, long, long halftime, half-time walk. walk, so I'm worried about. Like, I know me, and I'm a glutton for punishment, and I'll want to see what the 120 frames version of the movie is like. So I will probably try to watch that version
1: of it. We'll just go to any Best Buy and uh,
0: put on or I mean, on my TV, you can put on all the fucking motion smoothing and it looks terrible. So, yeah, um, yeah I don't know. Like with it, we haven't seen it in like, a, I guess the Hobbit is sort of an action movie, which was 60 frames. Yes. Right. Where this is 120. Right. <laughs> so your brain is going um, to just melt. like not even be able to process it. And because um, Cameron's trying to do the same thing. Right. With the Avatar sequels. I think so, Uh, or he may have a version that's like that, Um, but that might work with all digital characters when you're on Pandora and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of human characters in in those movies, too, so we'll see, but uh, with something like Billy Lynn with just live action and uh, drama, it just felt off-putting, and then in something like The Hobbit... I felt like the clarity was almost too clear to the point where it like looked like you were watching a play, like you could see the sets and like the makeup yeah. and like it was just it, well, all the art direction
1: and and and
0: like you could tell everything was fake.
1: Yeah, cuz everybody I remember when that came out that everybody said it's like watching a soap opera. Right? Yeah, that's and, the look that you get, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that you can tell that it's kind of a little too glossy as though it's like looking out a a, a window that has a little bit of like uh, condensation on it, or something. And I think like that. our
0: brains have just been trained for a hundred years to watch film in a certain way, right? And like, it's always been, not always, but I'm using this as a, a blanket statement, but 24 frames per second, right? And like, yeah, um, it's just when you, I just can't process it properly, or it just looks so off, right? And like, I think high frame rates are great for documentaries and sports. Um, I think that's perfect because it's real life stuff. It's supposed to look like real life, but I still kind of want that layer of, like, film is should look like film, and I think it. I I mean, I and you know me, like I like embracing new technology, and I mean, but 3D was the one that I completely shut down, and I'm like, this doesn't add anything, and I don't know if 120 frames or 60 frames is really going to add anything that we. Really need Right
1: I'm not against The experimentation though, No same either, So I mean, but You I know think I'm always curious I, 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 I just don't think That there has been Any successes so far
0: No nothing has looked Like oh this is This
1: is definitely Worth it or, Like this I, I appreciate Ang Lee You know Making this leap And trying something Different With an action and, and, movie I'm curious yeah. Like
0: a big Action movie like this Like I, I don't call The Hobbit movie A fucking action movie So like Um <laughs> Shh I, I, I'm just curious if like a, it's are you, is he playing a police officer or something? What no, a hitman. It? A hitman. Okay. Yeah. I don't even remember what the tra- what was in the trailer. He's playing an young.
1: aging hitman who his younger version is now targeting him. Right. So and Clive like, Owen works like for like, like this cloning like company, sort of like Looper. Yeah. Or like Logan, where it's like you have two versions of.
0: See now, if Looper was made today, they could have just de-aged Bruce Willis instead right. of getting Joseph Gordon-Levitt with uh, some bad makeup on. I like Looper. I, not, do yeah, I do too. I do too, and I actually, I actually kinda li- prefer that. Just because no, I do. I do too. I'm just mostly. It's joking.
1: not as distracting because you're kind of like looking for the seams. Yeah. In in the actual. I would much like prefer you effects. always
0: cast an actor who sort of looks like the
1: older actor. Rather, yeah. Than... Well, that's why I would rather have had like John Bernthal play Robert De Niro in The Irishman, right? Right. But I mean, like I'm sure Scorsese, like out of any of these movies coming out, like. The make or the, the he the won't BFX put something that, out like if it wasn't yeah it's going standards. to be the best that it can be but i still worry about it because like we we haven't really seen anything but it boggles and, my mind that ilm is working
0: on like a, a scorsese movie but hey that's and, but like, that's
1: but that's also interesting and, and and it's not limiting to just a one type of movie really. yeah i know i know they've um, always
0: done big action movies or marvel movies or star wars movies right so it's just interesting that uh, like a a crime drama by um, Marty Scorsese is being such heavy special effects from industrial light and magic. So it's just crazy to me. And I, I hope it's not distracting and I hope they don't have that glossy
1: look. But like... Again, because we kind of know what De Niro looks like as a younger man. And we know right, what so. the effects
0: are probably going to look like because it's the same company who did the stuff in Star Wars and did the stuff in Marvel and yes, they keep getting better and better at it. Don't get me wrong, but But
1: they still haven't um, cracked the code yet. There's still this uncanny valley yeah. quality to it all that feels like it's it's very synthetic. And, this, and it works – It I think it does work the best for, like, sci-fi because, like, you can use that – like, I remember uh, with Terminator Salvation, the way that they kind of did that with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and used his likeness. You can buy into it a little bit more. Yeah.
0: Right? And he was also – he's also a fucking robot. So, like, it's okay if he looks a little off, right? Like, they're yeah. not human. But when you have a serious crime drama um, – i'm i just don't know man like i i'm very curious to see that first trailer and see how uh because if it doesn't
1: um, work it's going to like the whole movie will crumble because i've heard a good chunk of that half film of the movie is, is that yeah right? yeah and it's supposed to be him in his what
0: 20s yeah 20s 30s yeah or early 30s maybe and like yeah it's gonna be fascinating man we'll see Uh, And then the final trailer I wanted to talk about was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. We finally got our... Well, I mean, we've seen what he looked like for a little while now due to uh, a bunch of leaks. Uh, But we saw him in action for the first time. Uh, He's got teeth. He does have teeth. He has weird legs. (laughs) And... uh, So anyways, I don't know what you want to talk about in this. I mean, I, I... teased it earlier in the show I've always been a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan since I was a kid I was obsessed with the Saturday morning cartoon I was obsessed with the video games on on Sega Sega Genesis Genesis. I loved Knuckles the echidna or how do you pronounce that animal's name at echidna I think uh he's the red guy yeah I know with Um, the with the spiky yeah yeah. and he he like kind of glided um I was obsessed with the Sonic games as a kid. I was always a Nintendo kid, but my uncle Mark had a Sega Genesis and I played Sonic there and then I he eventually I think gave me his Sega Genesis and I remember playing Sonic 3 where you could put Sonic 1 2 or no wait, or Sonic and Knuckles, sorry. You could put Sonic 1 2 or 3 on top of it. So it was like a double cartridge and then you could play as Knuckles in those games which was crazy to me, like as a kid, like you could play the old Sonic one game or Sonic two, but with knuckles, if you put it on and I, and yeah, I read the comic books religiously, dude, like every month I had to go get Sonic the Hedgehog from the comic book store, uh, shout out to new books that used to be, um, I think they're still around, but the one I went to, which was by the old blockbuster near my parents' house. If you remember when that was there. By the Arby's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so New Books is there, which is where I would get all my comic books. And I read Sonic the Hedgehog religiously, and then I watched the Saturday morning cartoons, and he always loved chili dogs. So I hope that's in this movie.
2: Anyways, getting back to this.
0: That's like Garfield with lasagna, um, right? Yes. It was Sonic's thing. He loved chili dogs. Um, so we see Sonic in here. We have James Marsden playing the human character that teams up with sonic wishing uh, he wasn't in it you have Jean <laughs> ralphio um uh what's yeah, why am i buying it's friday night and i've worked all week who plays john ralphio it's oh, ben schwartz ben schwartz ben nailed schwartz. it teamwork um ben schwartz uh voices sonic the hedgehog and then you have jim carrey um which what was his last comedic role before this probably
1: Oh god um dick and jane that was a while ago right Mr. Popper's Penguins? Right.
0: Maybe something like something purely comedic. But you have Jim Carrey playing Dr. Robotnik. Um, I was going to say the
1: number 23. Uh, or Dr.
0: Eggman <laughs> or. Um, Cuckoo you? Yeah. Dr. Eggman or Do- Dr. Robotnik, um, however you want to uh, call him. And um, the trailer, um, very strange. It's a, a hybrid, obviously, live action, um, animated uh, Sonic is from another planet and he meets up with um James Marsden's character who is a police officer um and uh, I don't even know what the fuck is happening but Dr. Robotnik gets involved
1: with the government
0: <laughs> like um, <laughs> to me it looks because they're like hunting a lot... down Sonic because he's an alien yeah is to that... me it
1: looks a lot like they're trying to capitalize on um Detective Pikachu right um and also I mean like We've seen this before where video game adaptations specifically go completely 180 and don't work at all, whether it be Super Mario Brothers or Assassin's Creed. Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia and anything in between. And also, I mean, like Paramount's weird where it comes to their late winter releases. You know, sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. Bumblebee was something that kind of was a surprisingly well done movie and kind of changed lanes from the regular transformers films but then they had you know monster trucks uh, a couple years ago which right. this is what it really reminds me of and a little bit of of howard the duck as well where like you have this alien creature hanging out with a human and then they have to go and fight this creature another creature that's bigger the only thing that's different there is that you know nobody's gonna fuck sonic where the way <laughs> that they um, there's a there's a sex scenes between uh lee thompson and uh howard the duck Oh god, I've never. seen And it's seen been it. debated for years that did she actually fuck the duck? Oh
0: god, I've never seen Howard the Duck, so I had no idea. Uh, that's fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I like seeing Jim Carrey be goofy again. Um, I don't know if it'll work. I don't think it really worked all that well. It feels in this like trailer. he's trying
1: to go back um, to his comic roots of the '90s, and yeah. it just feels dated.
0: Yeah, but I'm okay with that. And Sonic's a nineties character,
1: right? right? Like I mean, I like um, Jim Carrey, but it just feels almost like
0: This is kind of
1: I'm kinda of tired of it. I don't know. Maybe I don't I'm just know. older For, now. I don't know. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. Um I just like to see him make a little bit of a comeback, and I think he was so good at when we were younger, and I think whether it's a new generation of kids, like this is very much a kid's movie. It looks like a kid's movie. It's not, but it's funny. The people complaining about it are people our age because we grew up with Sonic the Hedgehog, and they're right. they're weird <laughs> hashtag not my Sonic. they're they're really attached to this character uh, for some reason. I mean, I love it, but I don't really care. i, I I'll say, like, yeah, he looks weird.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think uh, the teeth, especially, like, yeah, the more, human you like the human Make, characteristics they just use? made him
0: too human like like his legs are too like i show, i shared a photo with you of someone i should give the person credit i'll look on my twitter um and this will lead into our first news story. We might as well just transition into that after talking about it. But, I mean, the trailer did not look very good. I like seeing Jim Carrey at the very end in the full Dr. Robotnik getup with the bald head and the giant mustache. Right. Uh, which looks like it's they might be going to Sonic's home planet, which is why it had all those mushroom things in the background. Um, so maybe the last act of the movie takes place on Sonic's planet. They but, find a Sega Dreamcast. Um, well, even that like every hero has a Genesis line is like yeah. oh god a little. Well,
1: somebody posted a photo of um, Phil Collins.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's the hero who has a Genesis.
1: Oh, well, I him know being a the, Genesis.
0: Yeah. I know, I know, I got it. Uh, I want to give credit to the person, uh, and you guys should check out this 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 tweet. Oh, it's, is it a,
1: is it the Tails thing?
0: Well, the Tails thing is very funny. It's very disturbing. <laughs> yeah, with that that meme fox, um, and then. Or I maybe just texted it to you, so I probably don't have the person who actually uh, made it. I probably just saved the photo on my phone. Um, Yeah, so there's this image, and maybe I'll tweet it out. I got to find who it um, actually actually did it. But just in a simple redesign, kind of just shortened Sonic's legs and made them less muscular, and kind of enlarged his head a little bit and made him more accurate to what the character sort of looks like in the 3D video games. But still has like that realistic kind of fur and and, and or whatever
1: a hedgehog has like spikes right. or whatever. Yeah, they've made him and look like, too human. Yeah. And yeah, like it's just creepy and off-putting.
0: Agreed. Like he should look like a cartoon character. So yeah. he's a fucking alien. Who cares? I don't want my like, Sonic looking buff. <laughs> no, like he's just, his. like a get, he runs fast and shit like that, but who fucking cares? It's Sonic the Hedgehog. So the trailer doesn't look very good. I mean, I, I, who cares really? Like right. it's a kid's movie. And um, again, like, well, detective Pikachu looks like it's going to be very stylized and, and looks like it's, it At least they didn't put a six pack on, on Pikachu. Pi- yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was gonna make a really crude joke, but I won't. Um, if you want to see some deviant art, just search "Sonic the Hedgehog deviant art" and you'll see some fucked up animated shit. Man, people love this character in a weird way, which I never understood. Um, so that leads into – let's just – do you have anything else to really say uh, the trailer? No, no? I,
1: I just – yeah, I think it's kind of a generic kids movie that is getting a winter release that will maybe do okay, maybe. But here's the thing now. So let's – that's it for
0: trailers. Let's get straight into the news. There's a bunch of stuff we want to talk about, but we might as well stay on Sonic the Hedgehog. So the director of the movie um, – tweeted out that like hey guys we hear your complaints on the design of sonic so i'm gonna fix it we're gonna go back and fix the design of the character and make this right uh which is bizarre to me um one because these images have been leaked for a while where people have been like man sonic looks really weird i get that that's inside baseball and that's probably a, a small few that probably actually saw that leaked stuff in like film Twitter and things like that, or like hardcore Sonic, the Hedgehog, really hardcore <laughs> Sonic, the Hedgehog, fans. hardcore uh, and yeah. Sonic, the Hedgehog, Dude, do j- don't search together. Sonic, the Hedgehog hardcore. You'll see some fucking crazy shit. I'll show you after. Um, do I want to see no, it. No, you don't. Um, so I just think that this is like, how did they not see that coming? Like, they saw the design of this character and was like, "Yeah, you know what? No one's gonna have a problem with this. Sonic fans are going to be thrilled, and uh, he's gonna be
1: the sex symbol of 2019." I just
0: don't understand how you fuck it up that much in the point where you're making this movie and designing it, and and why not just make him look actually like what Sonic the Hedgehog looks like, and just kind of make a digital like Pikachu looks like fucking pikachu right and charmander looks like charmander yes they're like look like realistic or semi-realistic
1: well Her, it's the it's the fur and the um, texture yeah right? but that they they them... look
0: like they would live in that world right in detective pikachu at least from the trailers we've seen where sonic just like again you could have made him look like the characters kind of do in i know he's not a pokemon but like he could have been and if sonic started off as this big old chonky boy like he had like (laughs) like he was kind of fat and had short legs but could run really fast but like he's evolved over the years and but like clearly this is his final form final form of like his weird muscular legs and like is he looks way too human and i'm like i i don't know dude but like what do you like how do we make him more relatable let's add teeth wouldn't this delay the movie a lot? Think? Yeah, it yeah, probably then. wouldn't
1: come out until next year if they do a complete re-render of the character and redesign the, the the features and go through frame by frame of every sequence that he's in. And it also depends how much of the movie he's in, right? Right. Um, or you think he would be in the majority of it. Or it might be more just James Marsden. Like, in the way that, like...
0: The movie's called Sonic the Hedgehog. I hope it's not... It's not called james the police officer <laughs> like i don't know but you never know with this shit but like i i mean i think jim carrey's dr robotnik works even both
1: see i see in, him not being in it that much
0: i agree that he won't be in it that much uh but i like his design which is more accurate to what the character is All like although he kind of just looks like an old hipster at first at first yeah Right, which that's not what Robotnik looks like. But I kind of like how they modernize the character to be a real human.
1: Well, it's almost like uh, Dennis Hopper is... uh yeah, Koopa. It's Koopa. Or, well, Bowser. Bowser sorry, yeah.
0: um, but that movie got everything fucked up. So he was like King Koopa,
1: but he was Bowser. It was all fucked. I because nothing says Italian plumber like Cockney accent. I have a, actor Bob Hoskins. I
0: have a soft spot for the Super Mario Brothers movie. Well, it's nostalgia, right?
1: Uh, like I could see, I could see kids growing up with Sonic and it being a total shit show. But at the same time, because they saw it as kids, they'll have a soft spot for it because they grew up with it. Fair. Like, I grew up with Super Mario Brothers as well. And um, it's a piece of garbage. But, I mean, like, I still kind of admire it. it. I mean, I love that elevator sequence.
0: Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, The Goombas in general, I love the design of the Goombas. And, like, again, I don't know how you make Little Mushroom Boys uh, in a movie Yeah so I remember you, being you like, This into, isn't Toad Yeah you turn them into fucking uh, These weird uh, turtle men <laughs> um, And uh, And then Toad Yeah Toad was that weird guy Playing the fucking harmonica Yeah And he just had like that weird Shaved head to kind of Make it look like Toad's mushroom head
1: and then yoshi um, was like just like a yoshi were, was kind of cool he was yeah, just but like he a was little, also still like looked like a rejected jurassic park but it character. was just
0: fucked up like she jabbed him with that fucking syringe and shit and like he was just uh yeah. yoshi was i remember really liking yoshi in that movie as a kid but that movie is just so fucking strange man and then i'm curious of how the the uh, illumination super mario brothers movie is gonna look too right like yeah. um I think that'll be more accurate to what the character looks like and and stuff like that but um, no he's gonna be like john cena it's, ripped it's, Oh nice segue <laughs> we'll get to that soon but anyways this whole thing about the director coming out and apologizing right away after the trailer and saying we're gonna change the design of the character is just mind-boggling to
1: me like well it reminds me a little bit of like when people were complaining with the first trailer and teaser for the dark knight rises with bane and the voice and people couldn't you know, here during that IMAX preview, right? Yeah, Cause and, and Nolan's original, like, oh, I don't understand what's going on. Can we get a re-recording of this? And Nolan was like, yeah, it's not completed yet. We're going to do another sound mix on it. And like, but then it got over amplified. Yeah, Right. Like, so Stick I think to your guns, like, yeah. yeah, it doesn't look great, but at least commit to what you started, you know? Right. If you wanted the character to
0: look that way, you've already spent fucking years doing it. Then yeah. like, stick to your guns not after one trailer you're like we're gonna now change the design how do you not fucking it who cares you could have tested this with sonic fans like years ago right when you're designing the character why don't you have a fucking bring a whole shitload of sonic fans in a room and go does this look okay to you right well and these then,
1: movies usually go through test groups right like yeah. they, they, they're they're kind of like diluted to the point of you know, like but that's so usually in the test screening phase too. I don't know but how even much before they, that there yeah. there, there, are, there are groups that are like, oh, well, how would you like to see this character, or yeah. would you like to see this character, or what kind of movie would you like to see with this actor or actress? Yeah. And like th- these kind of support groups or these groups in general are always brought in at the testing phase. So yeah. it's like, yeah, why didn't anybody say anything then, or like an executive at Paramount be like, yeah, why does this not look anything at all like the original sonic we're yeah. making a sonic
0: movie right it's so weird man it's like if a human fucked sonic the hedgehog and then gave birth to this weird interspecies like interspecies that was half sonic the hedgehog and half human um which is a whole nother movie <laughs> so, right uh, really, which i'm sure we'll see like, around the time sonic the hedgehog comes kill out me. Oh, god it's awful okay <laughs> Um let's get into uh our actual news segment now. So uh switching gears a little bit to um some sadder news. Um uh Peter Mayhew passed away uh yesterday at the age of 71 uh who you guys would know as playing uh Chewbacca in um uh, mostly all of the Star Wars movies until very recently. So um his family released a statement saying he he passed away um on uh the end of april april 30th i believe and uh just kind of wanted to um talk about peter mayhew a little bit and mostly known like he didn't do much other work other than star wars i mean correct me if i'm wrong no 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 he was he
1: was more like he did some stand-in stuff and and but yeah like i mean like his claim to fame was legacy is chewbacca Chewbacca, yeah, yeah and i mean we're both He embraced it, though, too, which is, like, he loved the fans, and and he loved the work, and he was doing it until his, you know, like, I remember with Force Awakens, when that was coming out, you know, he was trying to do it as much as he could, but his knees were giving him a hard time. So that's why he split it with uh,
0: Jonas, I think, Um, and then Jonas is is taken over, and, um, yeah, I just wanted a moment, because we're big Star Wars fans, and Chewbacca means a lot, I think. Are we, though? Uh, yeah, we fucked Peter up Cushing with on. Moff target. Moth target. I just and, call him Peter Cushing. Um, I knew the character's name. I'm just. It's been a long week, and I just you, you blank sometimes when you're put on the spot, and you sound like an idiot. You're right. like, I know this. I fucking know this. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, sad. 71 is. Um, a great long life, but still feels like.
1: Uh, well, he was a big guy though as yes. well, and and sometimes you know when when people you have health, health problems, are, with, yeah. yeah. It, so you know it's it's a shame that he didn't have more time, but also I mean yeah, he lived a I, very full life and seemed to. Be one of the friendliest guys. It yeah. seems like
0: like everyone I've talked to who's either either interviewed him or I've seen people talk about it online or seen him at Star Wars Celebration or Fan Expo here in Toronto or, or or things like that always said that he is is one of the most kind people that they've ever met and um it's a testament to him too of like being a recognizable face even though you played some uh, you were in a costume the entire time like you wouldn't know it was him but I mean I think he's. I think maybe because of his stature and things like that, he was a very recognizable guy. And even if you, um, I mean, if you only, mostly everyone only knows him as Chewbacca, but I think you could still uh, know recognize him when you'd see him in the street or something like that too, which is, Um, which is crazy for someone who's played basically one character and been under a mask the entire time. Right. But yeah, um, sad, but um, uh, hopefully he's resting and, and uh, it's just uh, being a star Wars fan, seeing, I mean, Carrie Fisher go, and I saw boss logic. Who's a great um, uh, poster artist and things like that. Um, You guys should check him out on Instagram if you don't know his work and, he put out this great image of Chewie and um, and Princess Leia and R two D two just all together like after this happened and it, it really hit me like last night a little bit when I saw that and uh, so just very sad. But,
1: yeah, but I mean, it's also I, I mean it, it's unfortunate, but it's also very much a part of life. Like yeah, totally. Even watching the the Star Wars um, celebration and and the announcement of, of you know the title and the trailer and seeing you know like mm-hmm. people like. Anthony Daniels and Billy D Williams I mean they're they're getting older now and yeah. and you know they're still around and they're still doing they're still living productive lives but you know you have to come to a point to realize that you know they're not going to be around forever and you have to appreciate the work that they've done and and you know the work will live on and and exactly. performances will live on through that and you know generations to come will appreciate that. The same way with like Peter Cushing. I mean Peter Cushing oh, they'll Cushing's be remembered forever for, right? for decades now but yeah, like generations still love him as this villain from the Star Those Wars movies. Those movies
0: will live on and for eternity. Yeah.
1: right. So I, it's,
0: I mean, that's well, a even great... Harrison Ford. I mean, like yeah. you
1: look, like you know, he's he's at that age now where it's like he's he still has that twinkle in his eye and that kind of fun likability and charisma but you he is an old man and and you have to appreciate that and respect
0: that yeah and it's hard to come to terms with that sometimes yeah too, right and some so. people
1: want more th- th- can be too demanding of that and and, and feel like, well like just because you know you're this age you doesn't mean like oh well you know you could still be this character well yeah. it's like yeah but you have to really take into account that you know they're not going to be able to do this forever yeah. and we should appreciate what we have
0: yeah And then um, more sad news, Um, something that happened last week, um, John Singleton um, uh, suffered a stroke and was in a coma um, for about almost uh, a week, right? Yeah. um, And his family had to make the tough decision to take him off life support, and John Singleton passed away this week as well. So at the much too young age of, of 51 years
1: old, Um, so just another wanted to give a shout out to a great director Um, well I mean a couple big historical uh, achievements with him as well I mean he was the he is the youngest uh, best uh, director nominee ever and the first african-american uh, director to be nominated for the oscar which talking is crazy about legacy too um, like, yeah, yeah which is crazy but also
0: something that will live
1: on right because right. Yeah. he was nominated for boys in the hood for directing and, and and screenwriting and i was watching an interview with him um a couple days ago and it was just like a snidbit uh, uh this little Bit. and he was talking about like how you you know he was grateful for you know like someone like Spike Lee breaking down the doors, but yeah. also being kind of the alternative to Spike Lee and and you know after making a movie like Boys in the Hood, like it's it's a time capsule now and it is of the early nineties of the late eighties early nineties, but it's looking back at it now like it it was saying something about that time and and about race and about prejudice and you know south central la and you know it's something that really was earnest and and he was getting those feelings and emotions on the screen and and because of that movie And because of the success of that film um you know he got to make other movies like poetic justice and higher learning and um too fast too furious to, well th- this is the thing like he i you know a lot of people will say that maybe he peaked way too early or that he he was too successful too young And that, you know, he goes off and then makes, yeah, Too Fast, Too Furious, and then that horrible Taylor Lautner movie, Abduction. Uh, abduction. I mean, shout Um,
0: out to Four Brothers, though. Four Brothers is good. I like Four Brothers. Four Brothers is
1: a movie that I was on the set of. Yeah. Um, uh, Shot around this. this Yeah, shot in Toronto. My uh, my stepfather, um, who's a police officer, was working a paid duty, and the paid duty was for uh, the film set for Four Brothers, so he brought me on. Uh, to, That's to, awesome to watch, yeah, and I got to meet Terrence Howard because they were shooting a scene oh, on yeah? outside. And this was like, this was the year before Terrence Howard was Terrence Howard. So Four Brothers came out the same year that Hustle and Flow and Crash and yeah. a bunch of these other movies that kind of launched him as a, as an actor. So, but nobody really knew who he was, but I recognized him from from Ray because he was in Ray. Um, but yeah, Four Brothers is kind of underrated. As I think it's, it's underrated, it's, man. It's, it's I, a I good really revenge like film, and like a lot of people don't remember that. Like it's, it's a great cast, but I loved, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor as the villain. Like he yeah, is just he's just chewing the seer.
0: You know what? I might watch that this week and, uh, and I know there's, I mean, boys, boys in the hood would be the perfect thing to honor John Singleton, but like four brothers, I agree with you. I like, I really have a soft spot for that movie. And I, maybe cause I, I think it was the first, not one of the, the, not the first, but I just remember being like kind of thinking it was so cool that it was shot here. And I remember they were watching, uh, I think an Oshawa Generals game um, during one sequence on the TV. Like it was probably m- maybe one of the only hockey games that they had on or something like that, which was bizarre to me. Um, uh, and I just remember thinking that that was so interesting and, and, and cool. I think I might be wrong, but I'm going to rewatch. Um, I'm going to try and rewatch Four Brothers maybe this week. It's I, good. I mean, it's, yeah. a,
1: it's a solid um, genre film. Yeah. Like it, it's like as a revenge movie. Um, it's it's. I think all the performances are great. I think Tyrese is excellent. Andre Benjamin is really good. Um, Josh Charles is very sleazy. I think Sofia Vergara is in it as well. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bunch of people that were Wahlberg, like obviously, yeah, that were up and coming as well that are in it. And and uh, yeah, it's it's a fun fun movie. And Garrett Delahun as well. Or no, not Garrett Delahun. Uh, Garrett Hedlund Garrett Hedlund Yeah. 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 And
0: one of his what it would have been early in his it was career very too, early. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, shout out to both of those guys and, and hopefully their legacies live. Like you said, each guy will be remembered for history. Right. Yeah. uh, Which is, uh, they made their mark and,
1: you know, like I think with John, in John Singleton's case, like it's just a shame that, you know, he went a little, uh, that he went way too young and that, you know, he was only really doing TV in the last little bit of his life. I know he has that show snowfall on FX yeah, uh, and he was doing episodes of, uh, American crime story. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it was Abduction that was the film that kind of put him in director's jail Yeah, it did Yeah, he hasn't made a I mean, that movie is terrible I'm not gonna lie about that yeah, The movie is I... fucking horrible Yeah, uh, But he's done a lot of good stuff And 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 again, like, yeah, if you haven't seen Boys in the Hood or Four Brothers Like, Four Brothers is one of those movies that kind of got lost in that, that year it was released mm-hmm. But it's a fun, uh, good summer movie, even though it's shot in the winter months Right, I totally agree
0: Alright, moving on. Um, We got some more news for you guys. So, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio um, had a slew of fucking offers lately, um, and he had to choose between uh, three gigantic kind of projects and directors, and I think he was mulling over this decision for a while, so... Um, the rumor was that he was offered the lead in both, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's next film as well as, Phantom uh, Phantom Thread 2. Uh, yeah. Hungry <laughs> as Boys. As well as, uh, Inuritu's next film. Um, and then he was also offered the lead in Guillermo del Toro's, uh, next movie, which is Night... Nightmare, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare Alley. And then, um... Uh, he was mulling over that decision, and he ultimately decided to work with uh, Guillermo del Toro on Nightmore, Nightmare Alley. So it looks like he's going to be the lead in that film, and had to turn down both the PTA movie and the Inuritu movie, at least from what we. Because those to guys say. are chumps. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's worked with Inuritu before. Um, I think he's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. You said always have has wanted. To yeah, work he with... was
1: talking. What I, I can't remember what the show was, but he said at some point. They will work together. And like he was very adamant that he would like to work with DiCaprio. Do you think he waits until DiCaprio has done this? It depends. Or? It depends. I mean, I know Paul Thomas Anderson takes his time when when making movies. So I was actually kind of shocked that he had something already kind of announced. Even though when um, it was confirmed that DiCaprio is making this movie with Del Toro, it didn't get into specifics about Inuritu or Th- Paul Thomas like, Anderson's yeah. movies. Um, but Inuritu hasn't made a movie since The Revenant and um, yeah because Paul Thomas Anderson is usually more methodical and takes his time and and right. it's like oh he's got something all ready to go or at least has an idea and yeah I'm, I'm kind of surprised that uh, him and, and uh, PTA haven't worked together. Another guy that I'm surprised he hasn't worked with yet although he did like a camera test with and you can watch it online is with David Fincher. Right.
0: Yeah. Both
1: could happen. You never know. Yeah. Um,
0: do you know much about this movie, Nightmare? Yeah, Alley?
1: Nightmare Alley. So it's 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 based on a book. I mean, it was made in the night. There was a movie version in the 1940s with Tyrone Power, um, and it's about like this con man that kind of gets sucked into this like world of the macabre and uh, the morbid, and and he has a partner and sort of them going through like these strange oddities and apparently the book i've never read the book but i've seen the movie but the book is like really fucked up and creepy and it's written by del toro and kim morgan who uh, used to be a film critic i don't think she is anymore um that's cool yeah so we'll, we'll see um will it shoot in toronto probably leo he's gonna be
0: all over the town baby where is he gonna hit up i don't know i'm not cool enough to know where Leonardo DiCaprio will hang out. No. (laughs) If he's in Toronto. Which I'm sure it will shoot here. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I always like seeing Leo team up with someone he hasn't worked with before. He always...
1: I mean, that's the one thing about... I like DiCaprio a lot. um, But he never... He never takes chances with filmmakers. Like, he never goes with anybody that isn't already well-established. Right. Like, you look at, like, everybody he's worked with in the last ten years. Everybody... Every director he's worked with is either an Oscar winner or nominee, or has just come off of a a huge film. Uh, But I guess you get to the point in your career where no, I know. I would just like to see DiCaprio like like, kind of take a a risk and work with somebody that's still like up and coming. Like I would love to see him like work with the Safdie brothers or something like that. Right? That are still like they're known, they're a name, but they're still they still feel dangerous and edgy. And it would, and like would, it elevate, would push him to places that he yeah. maybe has never gone before. And it would
0: elevate, not saying that it, that's a bad word. Like, I don't want to say like it would elevate the material or something, but it would put the spotlight on maybe someone who isn't as well known to a exactly. It, a it would, it would audience.
1: give them a, as much of an audience as, as it would DiCaprio a different, you know, perspective or point of view. And I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't worked with a, a female director in, in, Forever, yeah. So, what has he ever
0: off the top of my head? No, I can't think of, yeah, yeah, I know. So, you, I'm with you on that, and he just doesn't work that often anymore either. No, I mean, he doesn't have to. Um, I mean, he's basically turning into Jack Nicholson, yeah, he's learned from the best,
1: right? So, (laughs) soon he'll be
0: spilling chili (laughs) on. Uh, was that you who told me that story? Because I brought that up at work today, and I thought I couldn't remember who told me the chili thing, and uh. Because then I brought it up at work, and uh, I thought it was the guy who sat across from me, Paul, at my new job, and he was like, "That that wasn't me, man." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and then he was like, "What are you talking about?" I was like, "Jack Nicholson spilt chili courtside at the Lakers game," <laughs> and uh, Jordan was also there, and he was just like, "I heard that story too," and I'm like, "I don't know," but um, oh, bless him. So, uh, yeah, curious. I, I mean,
1: yeah, because you look at okay, so. DiCaprio has Once Upon a Time in Hollywood uh, coming up, which was just announced in competition at the Cannes Film Festival. I don't have that in the news, but yes, that was added. Um, And he's worked with Tarantino before. Now, Tarantino, I think, did write a role for him previously with Calvin Candy as a a completely 180 character for him and and an antagonist that is vile and disgusting and plays against type. Yeah. But he's already worked with him, right? Right. And so, like... There's a certain comfort level, a little bit
0: of a risk in the character, but But
1: not so much the filmmaker. And now he's working with him again. I'm excited to see them work on another movie, but it's yeah, like it's like it's safe. And then the other film that he has lined up, I think, which will probably be after Nightmare Alley, now is is another Martin Scorsese movie called uh, Killers of the Moon, right? uh, Which is based on the David Gran novel, Mm -hmm. uh, who wrote The Lost City of Zed. So it's like yeah, he just bounces between. You know, either Scorsese or another really big, prominent filmmaker. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be nice to see him work with somebody that's, like, still on the on the up and up. Or just someone that, like, is a little bit raw, you know? And I know that that is a risk. Because, like, he probably is thinking to himself, like, I want to make a movie that is kind of fail-safe for me. Or that I know will be at least watchable or good. Or that won't take the risks yeah, that people will go to see the movie. You get to
0: the point where you're starting to get older and you look at your like legacy as egotistical as that sounds and you don't want to take risks because you don't want to kinda of, like flatline at the end of your career, maybe, or, right. or like do something that tarnishes that a little bit and you're like,
1: oh, You maybe. don't want to end up like poor Gene Hackman and welcome to Moose Yeah.
0: And not saying that if you worked with an up and coming director or a female director that like um
1: uh that it would do that. But right. Um, Well, I know Matt Damon said something similar where he actually honestly admitted that he didn't like working with, like, first-time directors and that he was very choosy about that kind of stuff. And this was around the time when he was doing promotion for the Adjustment Bureau because it was a first-time director. And since then, he has not worked with a first-time director, and maybe that's why. I wonder why, yeah. But he's also worked with a lot of shitty filmmakers as well or filmmakers that have made – that have come off of successes that – you know, didn't parlay into their next movie like Neil Blomkamp. Right. So there's there's that risk as well, right? But at least taking risks, right? Yeah. Where DiCaprio's, like, you look at DiCaprio's last five or six movies, like, I'm not the biggest fan of Great Gatsby, but that's more of a Baz Luhrmann thing. And The Revenant... But he even goes way back to... with him, too, yeah. right? Like it yeah. Yeah. Is... So he's, he's working with people he's familiar and comfortable with, but... You look at all those movies, and you're like, yeah, these films on paper sound amazing, and they ended up, for the most part, all good. But, yeah, there's nothing there that – it's like, oh, wow, I was really surprised by that movie being something. Yeah. (laughs) I was blown away that Inception actually was a good movie. Right, exactly.
0: Um, Moving on, a story you broke to me that I had no fucking idea was even a thing – uh, I did hear about one nugget of this. Um, so John Cena is rumored to be both in Suicide Squad, or sorry, The Suicide Squad, and Fast and Furious 9. <laughs> so uh, two different
1: rumors here. Um, one coming from uh, Vin himself.
0: Yeah, Vin, Vinny D on on Instagram uh, looked like he was throwing a bit of shade at The Rock and i don't know if cena was willingly uh, participating in that or vin diesel just kind of strong-armed or him or was into it that. his alter ego um, dr thugonomics the doctor of thugonomics maybe that's who he's playing um, so he did this instagram post talking about uh, uh, paul walker and and how uh, uh, he he has this person at at toretto's gym right now that embodies kind of the spirit of paul walker or someone paul walker would approve of and and something like that and then he brought John Cena into the frame and like winked at the camera or something. So it, it, he's kind of like teasing that John Cena will be in Fast Nine, um, which is interesting because The Rock has already said that he will not be in Fast Nine, uh, and there's that ongoing kind of beef between um, the two sides, one being The Rock and uh, Team Team Rock and Tim, Team Diesel. Um, which is why that one reason why the spin off happened with Hobbs and Shaw and why The Rock's not in Fast Nine. I do think that they will ultimately come back together for the big finale, um, personally. Fast and Furious um,
1: Endgame? 10 is going to be the last one, right? Like they're doing nine Who and knows? 10. Justin, I mean, they, they, that it will and it won't because I'm sure the Hobbs and Shaw movies will continue imagine
0: telling little eric and little matt that we we're going to get fucking 11 fast and furious
1: movies <laughs> I'd say you're out of your mind um, or just where they've gone like we've yeah. talked about this before like drinking iced coffees and you know road Trying racing dvd players yeah and yeah. now they're like fighting superhuman enhanced beings and, yeah it's you crazy know, dragging safes across rio like it's it's so i mean i i, I really like where the series went uh after at five Mm -hmm. um but it is so (laughs) ridiculous and dumb and even this is just like oh my god It's it's the
0: perfect perfect person to put in these movies yeah like
1: vin diesel has literally almost become a heel in wrestling yeah in a weird way it's like you know he's trying to stick it to the rock because maybe he feels like insecure that the rock is taking over you know diesel's franchise so it's like well you can't take this away from me. I'm going to bring in a guy that's basically like you and we'll just continue this fast series. Now, this is my new family member and you know, the, yeah. you're not a part of my family he likes anymore. Me. Give yeah. him,
0: give him three movies and he'll probably hate my guts. Exactly. But, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think John Cena is a great actor. I don't think you need to be a great actor to be a I don't think John, movies. I don't think Vin Diesel's a no, great actor. No, I know. So, um, their presences, I mean, they have, they exactly. they're, they're,
1: they're 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 imposing in terms I, of their And I can
0: imagine John Cena interacting with Tyrese and the rest of the team, and I, I do and Ludacris and He's gotta uh, be better than Scott Eastwood. Um a hundred percent. So I'd be Oof. curious, do you think he'll play like a military guy with Mr. Nobody, or do you think he'll be on We made and, the joke that he'll be playing Bob's Hobbs. Yeah, Bob's Hobbs.
1: Luke Hobbs's brother Bob Hobbs, like <laughs> he'll probably be playing a character similar to that. Though I could see him as like a, that the substitute of that, especially because so you think Diesel he'll be a, has
0: like an antagonist to them, or
1: yeah, um, maybe at first like the Rock was, yeah, and and I could see again, like I could see like depending on how much creative control Vin Diesel has on the series, him saying okay, well I want this character to be like that, so we can completely have. Hobbs removed from From it and he can't come back
0: Right Um and then Suicide Squad 2 or the Suicide Squad Which I still don't believe James Gunn's doing Um but although if they're casting people, then it would probably be him casting people. So, I don't know. I well, still...
1: usually when it's when it's casting, it's near production, right? Like it's... Right.
0: I guess it could happen soon because they want to go into production on Guardians next year, right?
1: And yeah, because then... they announced that this week or said that it could be happening in 2020 is when they start shooting. Yeah. And then probably releasing, what, late 2021
0: maybe? Or 2022. We'll We'll find out more about the Marvel release date soon. But uh, indifferent, I mean, him and Jai Courtney acting across each other going to be majestic (laughs) Um, uh, if that happens. And I don't know who they said he was going to be playing. Uh, Some sort of, like, army guy or sergeant guy? Of course, of course. Um, Whatever, (laughs) sure. I don't care about Suicide Squad. Because they also
1: just cast the polka dot man as well. Yeah. Um, Which I didn't have that I cannot he wasn't pronounce his name, last though. name Well, you've seen him in a lot of stuff Like he was in The Dark Knight, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp right. He plays uh, uh, the Russian guy Baba Yaga Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man movies He's in Dune as well He, he was in Prisoners He was in Denny
0: and those Prisoners Yes A-plus journalist We can't remember Gr- Grand Moff Tarkin
1: We don't do any No, I know the name I just can't pronounce it to save my life What's it's his like first name? David... Oh. It's like, remember that episode
0: where I read 48 names from the Cannes Film Festival and just hey, butchered every one of them? You
1: know, like, you gotta put out an effort.
0: Professional. That's what they call us, Eric. Professional. Um, professional
1: what? I do not know. A couple pieces of Toronto
0: news to round out the show. So if you're not from Toronto, this might not be of oh, interest. Oh, they cast Rat
1: Ratcatcher as well. Which I know they were making, people were, I think people were making jokes at it. It's like... This isn't Lynn Ramsey's movie. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Film
0: Twitter joke. Um Yeah, we'll I we'll do a whole podcast on Suicide Squad. I don't know. I haven't really the been Suicide paying, Squad. Please, I man. haven't been paying attention to it much because I don't care? fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought the John Cena thing was interesting, but even then, like I don't give it like that doesn't do anything for DC. Me. You'll um, see it, I guess. Yeah. Out of obligation of for some reason, glutton yeah. for punishment. Um, so yeah, if you guys aren't from Toronto, these, these next couple pieces of news, you might not care about or not even know what we're, we're talking about. Um, if you're
1: still listening, you can stop.
0: You, you can, or you can listen. If you've ever wanted to visit Toronto, you'll get a little inside scoop on some of the stuff that's going down. But, uh, something that was surprising to me that I thought was really cool. So, uh, both rocket man and late night are going to be playing the inside out, uh, Festival here in Toronto. That's huge. Um,
1: that's that's really big for them. That's, that's uh, congratulations. Yeah. The... No.
0: I mean, that's fantastic. I mean, uh again, you can look at it both ways. Of like, these are two big Hollywood movies. When these festivals are usually there to spotlight some smaller filmmakers or local filmmakers and things like that. But I think that will bring people to the festival and put a spotlight on them to showcase those other films as well. Exactly. Um, exactly. Which I think is a really great thing. And those are two big gets for them right like
1: yeah now i don't know too much about about uh late night but in terms of also just like elton john being uh lgbt yeah icon yeah like so Like like this is yeah it's amazing like i when i saw that press release i was like wait this is inside out Right, because sometimes they'll get Sundance stuff that you've heard about, right. and like, there's
0: usually maybe one thing, one or two things that you're like, oh, I do remember hearing about. Yeah, that. it has yeah. a little
1: bit of buzz, but like these are, yeah, these are like, obviously, Late Night was a Sundance film, but it was bought by Amazon and it's being released here by E One and then Paramount, you know, like is going all out. With yeah, I mean, Rocketman Man, man is, is playing a can. Yeah, <laughs> so which
0: is it playing at can first or here first? Probably can. Probably can. Man. But I have to go in. I haven't even looked at like the schedule because I'm probably gonna try to go check both movies out.
1: Yeah. at the festival. And again, yeah, like it, it gets um, people's attention and says, "Hey, we, we should be paying attention to this festival." To the festival, because yeah. I feel like this festival and the Jewish Film Festival are always kind of overlooked because they kind of come after Hot dogs and you know people are kind of burnt out after a while, and it's like no, well, like, there's a lot of there's still yeah, a lot of you good. Forget stuff. how
0: many other film festivals we have in Toronto, right? Yeah. Because after TIFF. I mean, that's so gigantic that, um, I mean, TIFF even has a couple other festivals that they did right with next wave. And, and, um, they used to do the Canada's top 10, which has turned into a human rights um, watch. Yeah. And things like that. So, and like you mentioned the Jewish film festival, and there's tons of other ones that we're not even uh, mentioning right now. Like there's, it seems like every month or two, there's a new film festival going on in Toronto and, um, it's great. Again, like some of these things go so under the radar because, unfortunately, there's just not a, a lot of well, because they're specialty people, yeah.
1: festivals as well. They're like specifically and, focused on a theme, yeah. or or a social issue. And it's mostly from unknown directors and
0: actors, yeah. Right? And that that's not a bad thing, but it's harder to get a spotlight on it because of that so i just i don't know i like again i think that's great for them and those are like shout out to their programmers who are able to kind of i mean both movies probably make a lot of sense for for that festival I, again i'm with you where i don't know much about late night like if it's um uh, within that realm of lgbtq but like um I but it must be if it's playing the festival or if not it's just a, a great get for them and it probably has some um, uh, aspect of it, but um, I'm excited, man. That's really cool for them. That's, yeah, that's I, awesome. I,
1: and and the more we get closer to Rocket Man, I'm I. It's weird because in terms of the biopic movie, I, I'm I'm not a fan of the biopic movie, but I just want this film. To kick Bohemian Rhapsody's yeah, same, ass, right? like, just for Dexter Fletcher, you know he was a yeah. trooper.
0: He came in, he was like, "Fine, I'll finish this fucking movie." It gets an Oscar nomination. It's not very good, but even for Tar- um, Taron
1: Egerton, like just to prove, it's like, "Yeah, I'm actually fucking singing. I'm singing. I'm giving this
0: my all." Like, it, yeah, I, I and I like. I the, could play a Bond villain. Oh yeah, um, I mean he's already got the the Kingsman movies, um, so I don't think he needs that. But right. Um, although very different, but almost satirical of those movies. But, um, yeah, dude, I, I'm, I like the fantastical kind of fantasy element to it as well, which could go either
1: way. I know. Um, but I I think you you can take certain liberties as well. But what I've also heard that Elton John has said that like, I, like I wanted, he he, he was R rated and it's R rated that he wanted, he didn't want to shy away from his, you know, kind of larger than life antics and that he wasn't afraid to show the, you know, the, war the to darker all. side yeah. of like his life. right? Yeah. Like, and that he was very, it's not open just to a that. fluff piece. Right. Yeah. Like, like he's willing to show like his it. bad behavior and, and, and be critical where you got the sense that the, with, with the, the remaining, the surviving members of queen, like they were controlling everything about it and, and making sure that their image wasn't tarnished in any way. Right. So yeah, um, where Elton John just does not give a fuck. Very
0: cool. So if you guys are uh, in the Toronto area, keep an eye out for that, and um, those are and and try to check something else out too. If you're going to those two movies or one of them, try and look at the entire uh, roster of films and and choose maybe one other movie to go see because uh, it's at some great venues around the city, and and, and definitely check out uh, the Inside Out Film Festival. Uh, that is uh, leading us into our next Toronto news story, uh, which I thought was just interesting and I wanted to bring up. Um, so it looks like it's official now that um, Rio Can, or whoever the hell owns this this plaza, is uh, up, has applied for a permit uh, so they can tear down, essentially, the building that uh, encompasses uh, the Scotiabank Theatre here in Toronto to build a gigantic condo, complex surprise surprise uh just wanted to kind of bring that up uh with you i i, I think i mentioned this to you a couple months ago and i tweeted about it because it, yeah. it was you did yeah you were a, the
1: first person that brought this to my attention uh it
0: was like a not a rumor but they were looking into it at that time and kind of um bringing in the, the people who live in that area to kind of ask them about it and things like that, um, uh, which is, if you guys don't know where the Scotiabank Theatre in Toronto, it's at kind of Queen and John, Richmond and John Street here in Toronto, set, uh, very central downtown, near the Tiff
1: Bell Lightbox. And, it, and, and w- pivotal
0: to, to Tiff as yeah. well,
1: because that's where a lot of... The press screenings are at or the majority of them are. All of them
0: or yeah. most of them, yeah, like you said, like probably ninety percent of them are at, yeah. at, at Scotiabank. The press and industry screenings kind of take over that theater for, Especially in the first week where, the, where it's yeah. just
1: like any time that you're 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 seeing a movie, you run into people or see people that you know and it's all reporters and it's you know, the first time that they'll maybe get to see a movie that um you know whether it played at another festival before or it's its first time there and you know for those 2 weeks it's that's where the press usually is
0: yeah so we don't know when this is going to happen so they're applying to the city to be able to do this and i'm sure it'll be probably i don't know a year or two maybe before they even probably start closing things down maybe and 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 there are plans to build a new theater in this complex but i
1: think it's not but it would be downsized right like it'd yeah, be yeah like it's not as many yeah eight screens like is correct
0: yeah you're correct it'll be eight screens instead of i think scotia bank right now has t- between t- 15 to 20 yeah i think um i'm trying to think because theater 12 is the imax theater and then I think it's 18 screens maybe or something like that. I, I could be wrong, but it's in that like late teens in in Scotia Bank right now. so you might be cutting it's out. adolescent, that's for sure. you you might be cutting out 10 screens and you're losing one of the only, Real IMAX screens in Toronto. I mean, we have Cinesphere now, which both has laser projection. I but know. how long
1: will we have um, Cinesphere? Because that's a whole other uh, thing. That's because a whole other could, thing. Uh,
0: but they might be keeping Cinesphere as part of the new plans for Ontario Place. But like, and hopefully it soon not if becomes Doug a, Ford has his. Way. I hope it soon becomes like a heritage site. Like I think it's historical enough, being the first ever IMAX theater in the world. Like right. The first ever standalone IMAX. Well, you know, it also could
1: world. be claimed as a his- historical site or a heritage site. That escalator. <laughs>
0: yeah. Notorious uh, Scotia Bank At least escalators. take that
1: escalator and put it above the Sam the Record Man logo <laughs> yeah. at Young and Dundas. Yes, yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> um, if you guys haven't been to the Scotia Bank Theater, there are these two gigantic escalators that lead up into the auditorium area. And then and, there's just stairs in between. And stairs in between. And it's the biggest fucking escalator you'll ever be on in your life. And. They constantly break down, and you have to hike up fucking, like, ten
1: stories. No, there, there like. is an elevator, but it's, like, this tiny little elevator that's near... Yeah, that takes um, forever,
0: even though it's going two fucking floors. Yeah. But, um, or it's two two floors, but it's two stories, I think, maybe. But, like... Um, those stairs are just like, you'll be dead by the time you get up to the top. It's like hiking Mount Everest. And I mean, this is coming from a, uh, I was, I was afraid of them when kid. I
1: was first going there about like walking down the stairs and, and falling. Yeah. yeah. Very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. But um, anyways,
0: notorious for breaking down all the fucking time. They finally, well, it's them... funny as
1: well when you get journalists coming for the festival and, and they're complaining they're about down. it. And it's yeah. like, I laugh because it's like, you don't have to live here and, deal with yeah. it all the time it's yeah. like you know you're only here for
0: two weeks and it's always broken during tiff but they've kind of fixed that so yeah i mean the implications here are that you're gonna lose that imax theater uh which i actually think is the best thing about scotia bank yeah it's the um, one theater that actually yeah works and um so that's a shame and then for the tiff I stuff i'm i know it probably won't be for a few years so tiff probably has it there has
1: time to figure out a plan but they'll have to do it soon i mean they'll have to think like do we open up the princess of wales again in the morning do we have to go back to young and dundas you're gonna
0: have to because do we go back to hot dogs God, I hope not. Um, I think you do
1: Young and Dundas like half of the theater, maybe that top floor. Yeah, because um, I know people were even complaining about that last year when we saw A Star Is Born, and it wasn't even because it was a so, TIFF screening. It's yeah. just because it wasn't you know quote unquote central to everything. Well, else. Well, they've
0: TIFF has centralized everything, right? So yeah, everything is in that king to queen john street area right and then so lightbox is right there the scotia banks right there princess of wales is Remember right there varsity Roy used Thompson. to be a part yeah of exactly tip. so uh i mean who knows if they they do varsity instead of young and dundas because young and dundas might be the theater that they need to keep open just for the public right because right because i know they're they're going to be opening one or two more theaters probably because of this like there's a rumor that there will be a vip theater slash probably a few screens going in at front and spadina so near my old condo you know that area um there was a big empty parking lot there yeah the train tracks um that they're building condos and a whole outdoor like shopping mall kind of thing and i think the rumor was that they were going to put a theater there sorry this is so boring for anyone who's not from toronto unless you're just nerdy and like hearing about what's going to happen with movie theaters in your town. But um, but yeah, I think it'll... Uh, huge implications for TIFF. Um, I guess you could make the Lightbox a press theater maybe and don't do public screenings there. Right, uh, but there's
1: still only so many theaters, right? Yeah, I
0: mean, Theater 1 at like Theater box 5 is... Is nothing. Yeah. But like, Theater 1 at least has a good amount of seats with the balcony and, and the whole thing, right? But then yeah. maybe if you do Princess of Wales in the morning... And have light box, but like you're losing a ton of theaters because of uh, Scotiabank. Because Theater One in Scotiabank and the IMAX Theater, Theater 12, are big theaters, right? And then they, to try and get as many people in as possible, they were either, either having screenings in Theater One and Three at the same time during the festival because they didn't do those Princess of Wales screenings
1: anymore. And um, do you think that they could get more theaters in the light box at all? Like, because I know that they, they keep trying to replace. Like, they're, they're having exhibits that right. seem to not be doing that well. Could they make that into a, a theater? On
0: the main floor there? Yeah. Um, maybe one theater in that area, but it would be... You could maybe add one more, but I don't know how many seats you would get in there and the right. logistics of all that. But um, it'll be fascinating to see how it nets out because I think they do really want to keep everything in the same area. Yeah, because, again, so, like, Varsity
1: and, and Hot dogs are just... Yeah, they're they're out of the way. I mean, Young and Dundas isn't that far, and I. Can, but at least I, if
0: you told P and I people beforehand, being like, "Hey, here's the theater where you're going to see most of," it. like they still have Ryerson out there, and they still have the Elgin and the Winter Garden, which are close closer to Young and Dundas, yeah. right? So like, Young and Dundas, which they used to use as a festival venue, um, they could go back to doing that as the P and I theater because I could just see you you use the VIP theaters and all those other ones that are on that top floor. And then you probably let's well, oh, cause
1: well that's what they do for press screenings. Now, press
0: screenings now that varsity's under yeah, and disruption. that's what they also
1: did for press screenings at uh, for for the for the August screenings of TIFF movies. So they would have all the the press screenings in there anyway. Yeah, but that's
0: only for imagine just for the the what uh, fifty people that are press and industry during the year here in Toronto, right? Right, or a little bit more than that, but um. Yeah, man, it'll be, I mean, a little inside baseball from our end, um,
1: but... Um... But it affects, you know, like, how we see a movie, how, where we're seeing a movie, and, you know, how we're reporting on it afterwards, right? Because yeah. we want to see as many films as we can, and now we have to think, you know, logistically speaking, where everything is and and, and work our schedules around that, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, if a movie is only playing, you know, like, if, we, if you... It, I don't want to see five five or six movies in a day this year. I'm going to try to space it out a little more. But like, yeah, I might slow down a little bit too. But, but if you, um, you know, if you wanted to see a movie within a half an hour, and you look at it and say, "Well, like now it's only playing at Hot Docs," and and you're, at I Scotia, really don't right? think or that, that they'll bring box. back Hot, hot
0: Docs. I really don't think. But and a theater it, it, that is a, a further distance, right? Right. Like, It'll be fascinating. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I think the biggest bummer is that IMAX theater because I do really... That's where I, I like to see anything that's in IMAX is at that Scotiabank
1: IMAX. And, it's underutilized, and, too. Like, they don't ever really have morning press screenings there. And it just feels like it's For anything that's shame. in IMAX, they yeah. should. Yeah, I know. I, I, I don't know if that's
0: just... I don't know why they do that, but they really should be showing us in the best por- format possible, right? And not just say, like, ooh, be... like." We deserve the best or whatever. Especially like they, when
1: they shove us into like Theater 17 oh or God. Theater 14. And it's not properly it's, masked.
0: Yeah. And it's projected in the middle of the screen like when we saw Spectre. Yeah. Or <laughs> even when that. I saw Black Panther, I saw it in Theater 14. Oh, and really? Like, yeah. That's so unfortunate. Disney usually does it in the AVX now, which is yeah, good. Now they do. Yeah. Um, I would just love it. Move everything to TIFF Lightbox Theater 2. Do every screening Theater 2 Dolby Light Box. yeah it's so fucking good theater two at lightbox is is perfect because i feel like theater one is a little too big at lightbox so the screen feels a little smaller because the space is bigger uh and the sound is better in two and you're just there's a little bit less seats so you the screen feels a little bit bigger and i think it's great for action movies which i didn't realize until we saw triple frontier there yeah um and uh they use it during the festival for anything that's playing in Dolby Atmos so we saw Roma in that theater or I saw half of Roma you saw the full thing yeah um and then they played Stars Born there and a couple other movies that were uh optimized for Atmos during the festival so um yeah man theater 2 i wish i could convince every i wish just every movie in the city could play theater 2 TIFF Bell Lightbox um, but we'll see how that all nets out. So um, it'll be interesting when that goes and just more condos everywhere. I just don't get it. There was a... Do you, I think I told you this. You know in Jurassic Park when uh, he's talking about condors? Yeah. I thought he talked about condos for the, long, uh, for the longest time and talking about condos being extinct. Anyways, fun fact. I always thought that until very recently. So my favorite movie of all time. I thought they were talking about condos. I'm getting a little loopy, bud. Let's wrap this up. I think that's it for the news. Uh, Thank you all for listening. It was another oh monster episode. Two hours and 12 minutes. Wow. After our spoiler cast, we just had so much to talk about, buddy.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, We didn't even really talk about Bond 25. Oh, yeah. Okay, let's do that next week. Um, Yeah.
0: Because of the spoiler cast last week, I think it threw us out of whack a little bit because there was some news that we missed in that like gap between Avengers and now that um, I only went back the last couple days. But Yeah, um, you've been
1: working, so it's you've been busy and Yeah,
0: we'll we'll talk about Bond because I, I mean we're both big Bond fans and it's starting to shoot right now. Although I
1: you did you see the um the telecast? I
0: didn't know. It was horrible. Like it really? was literally
1: it was so awkward and uncomfortable. Um the reporter was bad. Uh she was flubbing her lines. Um, the interview with uh, the Broccolis and Kerry Fukunaga was just so cringeworthy. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> oh no. And then the video that uh, Rami Malek uh, had because he's I think he's finishing up. I'm um, a fan of Well, James it was like Bond. that. It's like you know I'm going to give Mr. Bond a run for his money. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> God damn it. Oh no.
0: I mean I'm still excited, but um, I just don't know what to think. After Spectre, I'm just like kind of. I like Fukunaga a lot, so I'm...
1: yeah. Well, I think the big letdown was that there were, there was no title. Like, right. That was, like, How the do you do that thing? with no title? I, like, don't I guess know. they just don't know yet, right? Or maybe maybe it was Shatterhand, and maybe like people were making fun of it online so much that it was like, guys, we got a Sonic the Hedgehog you. effect. We gotta yeah, we got to come this. up with something else. <laughs> the internet's changing everything, man. People
0: just but people just bitch about everything, so you're never yeah. Well, know. people
1: like to complain, eh, all and right. not that it's not valid sometimes but it's like you know the studio should just stick to their guns and go with what they have and you know like that's what it is it is what it is
0: agreed um but that's it for today's episode guys thank you so much for listening uh we really appreciate it if you liked this like we mentioned at the beginning of Uh, This show two hours and 15 minutes ago, Uh, we do another podcast called the Untitled Movie Reviews, where we have reviews up right now for Avengers Endgame, a spoiler free version. You can also check out our spoiler cast, which was on this channel last week. Uh, And we also have a review up for Longshot right now. So please go check that out and subscribe to that channel as well. Um, thank you all again. Uh, as always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. Uh, you can find more of my work at the Untitled or just UntitledMoviePodcast.com
1: and on all social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And you can find more of my work and my reviews at Rogerstv.com slash CinemaScene and on all social medias at EM6211. And until next time, it's Cena! It's John Cena!